people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting on Wednesday, February 26th at the Seven Stars Bar and Grill in San Jose, California, which had a really great video review this week from FoodTube.net. Yes, I saw that. Which we posted on Fanboy Planet as well, uh, but it's all over That's the place. That's where I saw it. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, so, you know, once again, you can actually see what you're hearing right now if you watch that video simultaneously. It's sort of he like did, with, he did a really good review. I he mean, did. Yeah, he was all over the place. And he talked about the food. And, so turn the sound down. It's like it's like uh, Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon. If you sync this video <laughs> up, it'll be great. So um, only that guy is standing where you, you know, with Jabba there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so we have a big show tonight. Uh, we um, are going to talk our comics news, our movie news, our television news. But first, I want to introduce who's here with us. We have, a, in addition to, of course, uh, my announcer, which we'll get to in a moment here, we have a very special guest. Uh, Thank you. There's been like a year in the uh, kind of making, because I think we met a year ago and said, we've got to get you on the podcast. And finally, said, this is the perfect night to do it. Yep. Uh, we have, uh, go ahead and identify yourself. Yeah, yeah. Richard Von Busack from uh, Metro Newspapers, and uh, the film critic there and staff writer for, for a few decades at this point. Yeah, there we go. A yeah. longtime fixture in uh, Bay Area journalism. Thank and so He's we're much more ex- animated than a fixture. Although every time I <laughs> no, no, every no. time I read your name, I did imagine you had this kind of like black pith helmet with a with a spike in the top. Of the monocle. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Impression. Well, I've got the neck anyway. You're much more like friendly a- looking guy. That, yeah. <laughs> So yeah. there you go. It's like Excellent. A neck, so, That's good. You know. I, this is the way we treat all our guests. That's why we have so many. We're friendly. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I've heard that one before. You know, people think I'm supposed to be a baron. That's like, all right. I got my car. You know, I give an award to the first person who goes, Macaw, every day. Um, and it happens every, <laughs> every day. day. Oh, so uh, it's all right. It's all right. So there you go. And uh, we've got, of course, our man in Los Angeles. I'm Nate Costa. That's right, our fabulous announcer and color commentator. And to my left, the man who puts this all together every week, podcast producer and moral compass, Rick Brett Snyder. That's right, and here we go. So, uh, like I said, we're going to start with some comics news. We, we want to follow up on a story, and I don't know, um, one of the reasons I wanted to have Richard on here for a long time is that I know, in addition to being uh, a film critic for a long time, you are also secretly one of us. I mean, we've we've certainly bonded and, and communicated over. You enjoy the fanboy stuff, so I do yeah a bit yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about comics. We're following up on a story from last week, which was pointed out. Uh, sci-fi uh, writer and filmmaker uh, Greg Pak, who has also been writing for Marvel Comics, posted after the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer came out that uh, he put a Kickstarter. I guess it was a Kickstarter. Uh, to donate money to the creator of Rocket Raccoon. I think there were a couple things. There was a T-shirt you could get. There's, and there are products, and people were auctioning yeah. off artwork and so forth. 
Because Bill Mantlo, who uh, you're puzzled, so I'll fill in. Bill Mantlo, who was the creator of Rocket Raccoon and stalwart writer for Marvel in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s, he chucked it all uh, to become a lawyer. But then he was uh, rollerblading and was hit by a car and suffered a traumatic head injury. And uh, so he is in, uh, you know, ex- basically, what would you call it? It's, it's a nursing home. He needs home. a lot of support. He needs a lot of, he's in a nursing home. And so uh, Greg Pak was, was asking, you know, if you love Rocket Raccoon, and as we say, Disney and Marvel are, are poised to make a crap ton of money yeah. off of this raccoon with a blaster. There's going to be so many little kids carrying around a murderous little raccoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he's cute. He's so cute. He's so cute. And armed. And he sounds like Bradley Cooper. Uh, but anyway, that they uh, so they were talking about they want to donate money to help with his care. And sort of the and we I think we played not too much into it. I was we were more hypothesizing, but a lot of press started covering like, oh, Marvel's not taking care of him because Disney's it's, it's not. fun to go after the big companies. Well, because you know, like I said, we had just done uh, a, re- a review of this interview with Cliff Meth about uh, comic book Babylon, and you know, the landscape fifteen years ago when I started doing um, online journalism and been comics journalism was that someone like Dave Cockrum who created Nightcrawler and many of the new X Men could be hospitalized with diabetes and have no way of paying his bills oh, yeah. because Marvel had not given him anything. Well, Marvel did step up to that. And Mike Mantlo, who is Bill Mantlo's brother and basically, I guess, executor, uh, how do you say that, uh, power of attorney? Um, guardian. Mm-hmm. Legal guardian. Enough. Has said, uh, well, yeah, has said uh, that actually Marvel and Disney do take care of him, have indeed taken, you know, he is getting... He what by obviously there's an NDA involved, but that they are very. But he's been he's been been covered before, and he's going to continue to be they're covered. They're very happy with how Marvel and Disney are treating yeah. Bill Mantlo, but it is expensive, as gee we know because every other day in the in the news someone's complaining about health care in this country. It is expensive to take care of of a man who needs help twenty four seven. Yes, and uh, so still it's not to take away. If you feel like donating, absolutely do and help because he certainly has given us a lot of, well, one of those guys that really did shape my childhood when you go ROM, Micronauts, Rocket Raccoon, so many Hulk issues, uh, you know, so much there. Um, But, you know, uh, for the individual, for the writer, artist, comic book guy who is not on staff with one of the big companies. Yeah. They're actually in a little bit better condition right now. I I, I won't na- I won't name names, but somebody we've talked about on this on this podcast, somebody we've interviewed, um, confided to me that he is diabetic and he couldn't get insurance because it was a pre-existing con- condition. Right. As right. an individual, he was not able to get any kind of insurance coverage for the help he needed with his diabetes. Right. So we are but getting now, political here. I totally. But now he will. Well, I'm glad to hear this. I mean, it's. Uh, I've also saw like a, a a pitch on I think Indiegogo for uh, East Bay Ray of uh, the Dead Kennedys, the bass players. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he's, 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 he's I did read about that. Yeah, yeah. His arms in trouble, and he's like, you know, they're they're looking for help for the medical bills. If only we lived in a sane society, what would that yeah. be like? So anyway, Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it's boring there, right? No, it's great there. Well, you ever been there? Yeah. I'm kidding. I enjoyed it very much. Yes. Yeah. Because and you know, lovely people. Because you know, after four days there, we noticed. You know, you know what we noticed? We hadn't heard in four days. Screams, sirens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had not yeah. heard one police siren. I know. Yeah, and you see so many people begging on the streets and stuff. And that was Montreal. Yeah. Of course, it was cold. All the, all the homeless people were frozen. Yeah. But still, maybe uh, that's. It. 
but they were but they had angel wings. It was beautiful ice sculptures <laughs> coming out. It was like it was like Milk Nation or oh. Milk Life. You know, I'd like to campaign. apologize to the Canada for that. No, oh. actually, the last time I was there, they're not like, offended, Rick. Yeah, yeah no, the last they don't time take offense. They, they were like, they were checking my uh, ID for like a purchase I was making, and she was like, "Oh, I have to give you back your driver's license, or you won't be able to go back." And I was like, well, "Keep it, you know." Yeah. <laughs> Anything yes. to stay. Yeah. So anyway, a follow up. Where again, it's just uh, nice to know that they are being taken care of. But yes, things are expensive. So continue giving if you so choose. Um, it can't hurt. That's it, for sure. it can't hurt. It can't hurt. Uh, what may be hurting, as 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 uh, Nate pointed out, uh, one of the better books, to my mind, of the new Fifty Two, has been Wonder Woman. Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang's run on Wonder Woman, which has been kind of hands off from the rest of the of the new Fifty Two, which is probably why it's been such a good read. When you say hands off, you mean it's not meaning it's its own story, its line. own continuity. It's 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 been its own no continuity. Big Batman, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman has been trying, I think, to fix and, and pull some things over. But really, it's you can read Wonder Woman and not need to know anything about the rest of the New 52. That's important. And in fact, it's probably better. Yeah. Because it's actually, it's just a really good story. And you may have noted on Facebook uh, this week, last week, that I got into a little, I think, friendly argument with... Uh, it's always friendly Discussion with... it Always. With, uh, always Tom, with Tom Galloway about this, like, what are the great... Wonder Woman story, and I Indeed. said, right, I said, right now, I think the run that Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang are doing is the one that I will remember most. Yeah. Um, so, really good stuff. But now, when that comes to an end, they're going to replace it. Now, I don't know if he's going to be writing as well, but will be the artist is David Finch, who is uh, known known for his pulchritudinous. How about those women that can't really move? You mean? Yes, yeah. uh, that's what I'm going for because um, he started off on. Uh, what was that book? Uh, uh, Fathom. Hmm. You know, he was he was definitely out of the uh, Michael Turner. Michael certainly, I, I don't know. The, and the, and what what Nate? The Michael Turner School. The Michael, the Michael Turner, Turner School. Yeah, Soul not, Fire. Not necessarily Poltergeist because it's more like a there's a body type that is sleek and slender and slender in some places. Yeah, mm. <laughs> and others <laughs> have flotation devices. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, so. It's not, not Power Girl style flotation. No. Yeah. When he draws, yes. It's a different take. Anyway, it's a different interpretation. Yeah. And as Nate also pointed out, he's also slow, so the chances of it being monthly are going to be... So I think it's a, it's a good I move. I understand he's two years ahead right now. That could be. It's a good <laughs> move on so. DC's part because then people will stop complaining about how there's no Wonder Woman movie and start complaining about how there's no Wonder Woman comic. <laughs> Um, you know, still to come on Wonder Woman, which people aren't talking about because they keep conveniently forgetting, is that Grant Morrison is still writing an all-star Wonder Woman that is, re- this frightens me to say, to is going to return her to her um, <clears throat> bondage roots, if you will. Sure. Wait, 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 wait. I, I trust Grant Morrison. I want to see this. Yeah, okay, exactly. It's going to be an all-star? It's going to say all-star well, I, I don't Wonder know if, it's gonna call, if they're going to call it all-star Wonder Woman, but it is going to be a completely... Out of continuity, it's okay. Grant Morrison playing in his own little corner, and uh, because that's that's where it's safest. Uh, I'm you sure know. he'll have something intelligent to say about her. Well, know? absolutely. I think I look forward to that. Is book. Grant doing all his bondage research right now, and then he's going to start. Yeah. He's lived it uh, a whole lifetime. Um, please, got to watch the document. I can't remember what the name of the documentary about him is, but it's another mind blower like the Alan Moore one. Okay, <laughs> just watching these guys talk. It's uh, it's astounding. Um, so I wanted to focus a little bit. I want to give a shout-out to a local artist who has done a lot of signing over at Elusive Comics and Games, a uh, local guy 
who um, has teamed up with a with a guy who's written for Marvel and so forth. And we, I think, we talked about the book over the summer. The machine stops right. the the EM Forster the adaptation of EM yes. Forster's one sci fi short story, which they were self publishing and trying to distribute, but it had really only done like two hundred copies, and they were kind enough to give us one, yeah. so that we could look at it because Mark is is local. Um, but uh, they got picked up. It's definitely high concept sci-fi. Yes, it, it got picked up by a small boutique press about in November called Alterna Publishing, and uh, so today uh, it is now available on Comixology. They're starting with digital only, uh, and they are labeling it. As, how did you just say that was? It was a high concept. High concept. It's uh, they're they're calling it young adult, but fifteen plus is the rating of it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and I think because under 15, I don't think people would get, I don't think kids would get the concepts being discussed. Yeah, you're not going to. I, I don't think it's offensive. It's just be boring to them. You're not hmm. going to say, this is just like that movie. You're not going to say that. Right. Yeah. Are you familiar with the uh, short story? Not at all. It's so it was written in like 1912, 1913, and it's a society where everybody's, it's, it's actually a lot like The Matrix. It's there, everybody's raised in pods and they're given the, and they're raised with, uh, with their own all their own lifestyle what am i looking at? virtual worlds there you know there so there's no no real pleasure no real pain no risk and no actual human contact mm-hmm. and then what's happening is that there are people that want to actually meet face to face and they're going to try to be breaking down the machine and restoring humanity hmm. so uh, it's almost like surrogates in a way yeah 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 well i mean well, let's but, say, but let's be fair then Surrogates is really more like, like that, yeah. but because it's the first time it's appeared in comics, yeah. and I think, but I, it's, not Twilight it's Zone. cheapening the Forrester story by saying that. It, it's from yeah, the standpoint right, of right. Right. You know, it was adapted into one of those one of the sci-fi anthology TV series of the fifties, but a British one. Oh. Uh, so I, I, I've done a little research on this after after they got started on it and finding out what it is, but I can't remember the name. It's not. It's like From Beyond or... Uh, oh, there's the other... Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. They, I think they also did an adaptation of 1984. Um, okay, maybe. Maybe mistaken, but that might be... I've seen... I know what you're talking about. Okay, so so anyway, Mark. Uh, yeah. Mark Renee has got this out there. It's uh, available on Comixology, digital only. Why it's also worth mentioning is longtime friend of the podcast. You know, we got... Some of what got us our start was through Elusive. And uh, they're reviving. Uh, we, we talked about the Shadow of Oz tarot deck last week on Kickstarter. Hmm, right. But it's all to revive Dorothy, the book that they wrote, uh, that they did with Photoshop images before, written by Mark Anthony Masterson. They're reviving that book, but now Mark Renee will be the artist on that. So it's going to be a straight-up drawn book. It's going to be a straight-up drawn book from here on out. Because I don't think the, the digitally manipulated Fumetti approach really has anything it's really caught on. No, and I and I think it made the book more expensive than it needed to be the first time around. It's certainly more time consuming. But what I like digitally about this on Alterna is uh, that uh, the machine stops number one is only a dollar ninety nine, so it's actually a good. It's a you know rather than charging the two ninety nine or three ninety nine, the print copy would be, and the Comicsology often matches mm-hmm. on digital. It's cheaper, so we'll see. I you know if they'll go to trade paperback. But anyway, I want to mention and give a shout out. We should say that Comicsology does have a lot of uh, e comic books that people can get very cheap. And if you go in there and you look, you pick and choose, you can get some nice stories out of it. Well, and another one that I want to recommend because I, I reviewed it this week because I'm, I'm sort of my unofficial at least once a month I'm going to pick up uh, from a publisher I don't know or from uh, or that I've heard of but I've never looked at their books. 
a trade paperback, something, a title that I never would think of, uh, just to see what's going on in the world outside those big five. Mm-hmm. It's thrilling that we have a big five now. Yeah. Uh, where we have a big two and, and three, three satellites. Uh, but Ladies uh, in waiting. La- <laughs> I think Ross Ritchie would resent being called a lady in waiting. So would Mike Richardson. I don't know. Young about, Bucks. I, I don't know about Eric Larson. Uh, but uh, the Young Bucks. They're, they're not Eric tra- Stevenson. Okay, Eric. I know. Was, I, I, I knew I'd get a rise out of you. Nate's still there. Um, <laughs> is I, I looked at it from a company that's been around for about four years now called Action Lab Entertainment. Have you ever read anything from Action Lab? Not a whole book, no. No. But what caught my attention from them was this summer they hired Jamal Eigel, who had been a longtime artist for DC, pre-New 52, uh, is now uh, their marketing uh, marketing head. And so he's been sending me stuff, and I finally emailed him and said, I need some details here. I'm going to pick up one of your, read one of the PDFs. So I read this trade paperback that came out this week, uh, that's available this week, uh, both in print, but I don't know what stores are carrying it, uh, and in, on Comixology for eleven ninety nine, a trade paperback called Pirate Eye. And it's a, it's a detective who is... A retired pirate. So it's set in the 18th century. And he, I read about it on Fanboy Planet. You did. And Thank he you. He calls himself a finder. finder. He calls himself yeah. a finder. But what he is is a gumshoe, you know. And it's actually it plays with it really well. Like I, I was sitting there reading, going like, why hasn't somebody done this idea before? They must have. It's a Probably would have been a. Idea. It's a. It is. Probably would have been a gum boot. Yeah, the art was a little inconsistent, and I put a panel up where you could see that the artist is good but not confident. Yeah, and, and taking a lot of which happens with especially a company that's that's probably doesn't have a lot of budget um, is they're taking a lot of shortcuts on the art, but it's still the storytelling itself was absolutely worth it because each they originally appeared as one shots and are gathered in this trade, but the stories are interconnected and you're getting further pieces of Smithy. That's what he calls himself uh, of Smithy's um, life, why he is no longer a pirate, what has happened. But each is also in a different kind of story, detective story. And so it's just, I was really su- surprised by it. I really enjoyed the story. The art, I'm going to be honest, could get in the way for some people because, there's, like I said, there's a lot of kind of using the same image over and over and just kind of changing the ang- how close up, how far away, uh-huh. uh, you know, coloring shifts a little bit. But it's the, obviously images being photoshopped and, and co- cut and pasted. But uh, it's worth taking a look. I'm just kind of... I was surprised by by them. Uh, Jamal has Eigel has a book called Molly Danger, which I really need to take a look at because it's a you know twelve year old girl once again feeling that leave it to chance, yeah, uh, void you know that kind of thing where where comics for you know, yeah. Courtney Crumrin yeah. you know those kinds of things. we can't find enough of those of those books and so I really want to take well, a look Courtney's at that. Courtney's so few and far between. And well, you know that's and part of the problem. Hasn't been just, new, leave it to chance for a decade, right? Right. And so, so you know we need something. They're few and far between, and we need something like that. So I need to take a look at Molly Danger. Yeah. So, but in the meantime, take a look at Pirate Eye. Um, and then we were talking digital, and I just said I just picked up this rumor, and I don't know for sure because nobody still and. And publishers ask me, or people trying to get into the publishing game ask me, what about digital? And they, it seems like the numbers are plateauing as far as sales and actually dropping a little bit. They're not growing anybody. That would kind of go along with with what we're hearing about like larger mobile devices in general. They're kind of plateauing as well, or at least slowing down significant enough that it's a concern for Apple and Samsung. And Is it because everybody has them and they're good enough? Yeah, you can only saturate the market so 
at, at the current price points, you know, but you've got some, you've got like the Google Nexus 7 is only like 200 bucks for the big one and it's like 150 for the smaller one. So you can get a tablet pretty cheap. The question is, is it good enough to read a comic on? And the ones that are larger, the 10, mm. 10 inch ones, which is basically the sweet spot for reading comics, the, the sales are slowing down quite a bit. Yeah. Richard, do you, do you read digital at all? Uh, actually, no, not except in the sense of getting like bootlegs of old Captain Marvels on, you know, on CD-ROM. That's about it. We cannot confirm or deny that the truth of that statement. Okay. Which yeah. Captain Marvel, though? The, uh, you know, the CC, the big red cheese. Yeah, big red cheese. You know, Doctor Sylvanas is Earth's most evil man. I, yes. I don't really even have a tablet, which is, I guess, sort of embarrassing in my line of work. But I've got like a laptop instead. You have a notebook, so watch though. Movies. Right now, I've just got like a notebook with paper. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, kicking it old school, that's kicking a, it old that's, school. That's, that's journalism. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't crash, you know. Yeah, but yeah. you know, but that's the thing is, but on the flip side, and what I find interesting is, comics hard copy sales are up. Well, this is good news, and stores yeah. are increasing in number. So clearly, I think, despite the fact that we all said everybody's going to shift to digital, and everybody was scared when Comicsology opened, I think well, it's done. Especially its job. store owners were scared, and and, and un- understandably. Yeah. But I think what's happened is, you know, people are seeing it, and there's still, there's still, well, you and can't you beat that at, feeling of having a comic. If you look at ebooks, ebooks are coming up strong, but it's a lot of the time it doesn't really supplant buying the paper ones. A lot of the time, it's for people who travel a lot, and it's easy to carry a smaller, lighter ebook reader than to carry around two volumes of Game of Thrones. You know, it's, right. it's just not not possible. So, like Dan Klaus says, that there's like something essential in a comic book that's going to protect it. And yeah. it, it should have been extinct long ago, and there yet still here it is. So, right, and we and have maybe a mystery I can't solve. I don't know. Well, and, part of what I can solve is that you know we're men in our forties and fifties sitting around a table talking. Around them yeah, saying, yeah. We but will you, not give up our comics. But you yeah. want to know that my real concern about that? Yes, is that so? We've had e ebooks. Let's see. How long has Marvel been doing the? You get one free when you buy the book. It's been at least five years. Yeah. So. For some people, a significant portion of their comics may be electronic. Their mm-hmm. collection may be electronic. Mm-hmm. And if sales go down enough that they stop producing them, how long is it till the infrastructure starts going away and those ebooks eventually well, this has always been my concern are not about it. available to the people who have purchased them? This has always been my concern. There's, about it. there's no trust fund. There's no, no one saying that if the company goes out of, out of business, Everyone who owns the DRM version will get an un-DRM version that they can have. Nobody is saying anything near that. Which is why it's a top shelf, which is very off the beaten path as a publisher, is releasing DRM-free graphic novels. Hmm. That they're experimenting with that and just saying, go ahead, we'll put it out there and see what what happens. Because, and I think that's the move it's got to make. Now, while I cannot see the day that Disney is going to collapse... You know, and Marvel seems to be making moves, and I'll and I'll actually come back to it a little bit. Just got a chill up my spine. <laughs> no, I know. Stop it! Stop saying these Don't things. Don't do that, Derek. Uh, that um, that Marvel, you know, is uh, is making moves to get away from comicsology, but it's still I I still feel like it's the that digital comics unlimited. You still don't really own the book. No, not at all. Especially, you just have the right. Digital Comics Limited, unlimited, is specifically you don't own it; you're renting it. But what's the difference between that and and the ones you have bought? If the if the infrastructure, because right now, if you don't log in Mm -hmm. for a couple of days, 
or maybe it's like two weeks and you don't log in, you're locked out of the books that you have on your device. Oh man! And you have to you have to go back in and refresh. You have yeah. to refresh your license. Wow. Because I haven't. Sounds like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. I have not logged on to Comixology in about two years. We, we need a new section called Nate Clarifies It for the Listener. <laughs> <laughs> he cuts through the grease. Simplified and... by Nate. There you go. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's worth debating every few weeks and every few months as things change. And I'm a little concerned there. But now it's time to play... What's in the bag? What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Thank you. This is the section of the podcast where, on a good day, we've all made it to the comic book store before we come here, and we each select three books of the week that we consider notable. Now, I did not make it, so it's all on Nate and Rick this week, which is good because I got a linguisa corn dog. Excellent choice. You You go ahead, Nate. You sure? I don't want to steal all three of your books like I did last week. Okay, I'll go first then. So I'm going to go with one most likely for you to have picked up, and that is Fantastic Four number one. Yes. And uh, this is the new uh, James Robinson penned Fantastic Four. I have not yet opened it. I'm looking at the cover. It looks like there's uh, new uniforms. We've got Sue Storm and a red one. And i got to check the indicia here for a second because the cover – nope. The cover almost looks like a fantastic with a K at the end, but the indicia for it is fantastic with the standard spelling for number one, April 2014. Yes, yeah, so it's and, definitely a C. And well, yeah, we're at that. It may be a collector's item someday. We're looking at, at new costumes that are all kind of black and red. Yeah, uh, I actually did read it. You did. Okay, yes. was this one of your four, your three? Uh, yeah, I didn't pick up a ton of books, so you go ahead, going. take it away. You've read it. Tell uh, us about it, man. I'm just excited. I was confused about the start because I had to drop the Matt Fraction, which I didn't want to, but budget-wise I had to drop it. So I don't know where the Matt, the last series left off. Um, so there may be spoilers that I'm giving out right now. may not be. I don't know what happened. So... Uh, Valeria, Valerio, however they want to say her name, yes, is is in Latveria because she's angry about something. She's gone to Uncle Dooms, right? So Sue is like writing her a letter, and so the beginning is Sue sitting at a desk writing this letter, and then they kind of go on this adventure, and then at the end of the letter, it's like, so I guess today was a good day or whatever. So it wasn't a ton of. You know what's going on now is like they fought uh, Fin Fang Foom, and really? Reed was wondering why he was in the current form that he's in because so many things that happened to Fin Fang Foom over the years. So something is going on in Reed's head, like why is all this stuff going on? And then Johnny is dealing with all this Hollywood stuff, and Ben uh, goes to see Alicia. When you say Johnny's dealing with Hollywood stuff, is that the uh, imminent casting of <laughs> Michael B. Jordan that is the problem? <laughs> Johnny's no, a little it's upset. The imminent, no, the casting of Michael B. Jordan isn't the problem with the movie. It's the terrible story. Oh, okay, yeah. But no, that's not what he was dealing with. All right. Okay, you go, go ahead and do one of yours now. 
Let's see. How about Walking Dead number 122, which is part 8 of 12 of All Out War? That was a spotlight book at Hijinks today. Was it? Yeah. Must be good. Neil likes uh, The Walking well, Dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I actually got to read this one. I had time. Yes. So they, uh, they're moving right along with the All Out War, and Negan has decided that rubbing zombie guts all over their weapons would be a good way to weaponize their weapons because that way even if they don't kill someone eventually they'll get the zombie flu and die just from a scratch so oh so this is this is a uh, since i haven't read too much of the negan stuff so there's like a flu in addition to the we've, we're all dead well no when you, if you if a zombie bites or scratches you but doesn't actually kill you, then right. you get like you know the flu-like symptoms. You I have see. the virus, yeah. And then ter- it, yeah. Okay, so, so there's like a secondary virus that the virus that the zombies carry. Well, he thinks you know if I scratch these zombies that we have chained up with my baseball bat with nails on it, and I get zombie guts in there, and then I hit somebody with this bat, and then they'll get zombie guts in their wound. That's the most ridiculous thing possible. Because now, now you got now, you just put down your enemy, and now he's going to rise up again. Right, but he's not worried about zombies. He's worried about people that are his enemies. Right. Okay. And which, it would take a long time for them to die from a scratch. Which is Kirkman's point, right? Yeah. yeah so. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Cool. Next. So my second one is actually two issues of uh, IDW's Star Trek. Uh, last uh, issue, which was uh, number it's 29. It's a specific miniseries, though, isn't it? It's, it's a two-issue yeah. two uh, story called Parallel Lives, which uh, this, basically it's, it's a, a takeoff on the old Red Dwarf um, story where they run into the parallel world where all the male-female roles are reversed. Right, right, right. So they have a, there's a Star Trek uh, Enterprise that uh, the, is commanded by Jane Kirk. And there's an Uhura and Scotty. Uhura is the one male on that crew. It looks an awful like Avery Brooks on that <laughs> Does cover. Indeed. <laughs> Does indeed. And actually, I mean, you look at Jane Kirk, and she looks a lot like, um, oh, what's Janeway? Uh, yeah, uh, Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. Right, yeah. yeah. So I, I just I thought I read a little bit about the latest issue, and I said, okay, I'm going to go back and pick I up would, the last uh, one. I would gladly serve on this ship. Yeah, I... I <laughs> "Quote unquote serve." Oh yes, because then it'd be a part of that uh, mirror universe too. You'd be like that. Uh, you'd I, be like I the captain's the boy. I would be totally <laughs> the cabin boy on, on board there. Yes, I don't think your shirt comes off as often as like Captain Kirk's. So no, that's but that's all right. Yeah, it is. It is. Your turn, Nate. Indestructible Hulk, number nineteen point I N H, which stands for Inhumanity. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. This Again, little... we'll have to explain this. R- Richard, are you up on Marvel's um, uh, strange breaking of the numeral system that has lasted us for thousands of years? No, no, I, not not as not like I should be. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. Mm. <laughs> there's there's absolutely no reason to be up on this. I, I you know they, they they basically just you know throw in the garbage everything they've worked on for several decades well it has nothing it's not, not really to do with the way they do stories but when they find a place where they want to make it so people can break into a new story they oh. call it a first issue even though it's like actually issue 30 
Right. So it has a big number one on it, indicating this is a great jumping on point for the next storyline. Tisk tisk. Yeah. And so you have it's all ni- marketing, and you have nineteen point inh. Yes. That's right. Nineteen point. So, now. So, so we have the Incredible Hulk back, and um, he's armored. He has armor now. Okay. Yes. And oh, he likes puppies. He's completely unarmored. Oh dear. Oh good. Okay. <laughs> he's got like uh, a one white of Banner's, chest. Uh, research team has been infected by the inhumanity bomb so they're trying to figure out how to save him and there's a cute little cute little page where there's a new uh pilot for the flying lab a shield guy Mm -hmm. and of course shield didn't tell him oh you're gonna be flying bruce banner's airplane so he starts yelling at Banner, and this guy's like, uh, do you realize who you're yelling at? And he's like, I don't know, a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've been actually cashing up on the inhumanity stuff so much that, but I was reading, someone was saying, like, the inhumanity cloud, like there was just, like, one cloud that's going around. Uh-huh. That's, what, that's what gave Ms. Marvel her powers. But I had gotten the idea that it was more like random spots of inhumanity radiation cloud. Like, it wasn't like one little... Self-service cloud going around hitting people. I, there's probably, but there's probably many clouds. But that, okay. but someone explained to me since I hadn't read any Inhumanity, but read Ms. Marvel number one, that that's what approached her. And what it reminded me a lot of is, uh, if you remember the Milestone books, yeah, with the there was a chemical spill that gave all that gave the Blood Syndicate their right, powers right. And, and a whole bunch of other heroes too. So I mean, it's like. And even I think in the same place. Oh no, because Ms. Marvel went. It was in some place in New Jersey, and the big rumble at Dakota was at like their equivalent of of, uh, of Coney Island. Right. So, um, but same idea. There's okay. just this cloud that some people survive. One might consider it a lot like wild cards. I was saying it's exactly like wild cards. <laughs> like little virus from uh, An alien from virus. Doctor Tachyon. Yeah. Okay, so my next one is Doc Savage number three from Dynamite. And this is noteworthy on two counts because, because I believe... Rick bought an alternate cover. And for one thing, I think it's, uh, it's looking like it's taking the story up in time because the, I, got an alter, I got a main cover, which is, again, just keeping in their spirit of great covers. This one's a little bit too close to number two in that there's fire, kind of golden fire in the cover. But. And it's, uh, I'm going to go with that actually, that is the pose from, <clears throat> if I may, and you may go home and check this, uh-huh. number uh, 61, the Living Fire Menace of the Bantam reprints, the James Bama painting. Could mm-hmm. be. Only there'd be a blue sphere behind him the instead arm of. thrown up in front. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's, yeah. He's, you know, there are only so many poses. They're, they're talking about trying to make a movie of him again, right? To try to, like, you know... Yes, yes. Shane, Shane, Shane Black is, is working on that. And, and maybe what this is all about. And this is, this, is the, uh, this is the best uh, comic adaptation of Doc Savage since the Marvel magazines of the oh, 70s. Nice. Okay. Well, but I love, I love the alternate cover, which is a very simple, uh, non-shaded... Like or something. Yeah, it, it does. It's a very it's simple... It's John non-sh- Cassidy, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's JC. Um... And it's it it's it's the entering the atomic age, but the yeah. art on it is like you'd say that if it was still like the 1940s. Right. It's still know. the it's still the logo of the Street and Smith comic exactly. book from the 40s. Exactly. And so, a giant robot with treads and stuff. In the right. Background. Right. 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 And Good. so moving forward in time makes sense. Issue two was in the 40s. First yeah. one was in the 30s. Two was in the 40s. 
Three is supposed to be set in the early 60s. Yeah. And that's where we're going to see what his 60s Amazing Five are, who they are. So thank you. I'm eager, eager to pick that up. Nate, Nate has, is that leave you with one? Yes, more? Uh, no, no more for me. Okay. okay. So I'll just hit the last one real fast. This is Jonah Hex, number 28. Uh, continuing the storyline where he's in the future. At, or in our present. Ah, or in, yes. in DC's present. Yes. And we've got a, a cover, and I showed this to Derek, and I said, well, it looks like Jonah Hex if he was Clint Eastwood. Yeah. And then he realized... Oh, it's because he's got no scar. He has no scar. And yeah. he's, he's obviously just... He's got bandages around his neck, and he's obviously undergone some plastic surgery in this. So. It's a very effective plastic surgery. Uh, Go yeah, ahead. Really, I mean... I, Make my face. The, the question has always been, does that, is that scarred eye, which is kind of like uh, milky and stuff, is that a functioning eye, or is that just a dead eye? And So is that a glass eye in his head, or did they... Uh, they find a way to bring it out, or I don't know. I'd like to add that I think the makeup for Jonah Hex, or the way he looks, is basically it's like uh, Rio Lobo, Howard Hawks. There's there's a guy that has what it's called a moral die. I've never heard that word anywhere else. So yeah, someone did Stephen King use that somewhere? Moral die. I have read that phrase, but you probably uh, you probably heard it from like in Rio Lobo. So yeah, probably yeah. used yeah. it in uh, Dark Tower, which is full of Western uh, allusions. But again. Continuing Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray and Jonah Hex is, is a so must, Jimmy. If you started buy if if you started listening to the podcast after we praised your Kickstarter, uh, we still love you. Uh, so just going to say that. All right, so uh, that uh, closes the bag on comics for this week, and let's get to movies. Um, we, we lost one piece of comics news. Do Eric. you give us that? Give us that piece then. We need an outro. I can. J- Nate can sing. That was the. Uh, I don't know. It's just that whenever I start to say okay, and now I'm done. There's there could be the big gap. I could wait thirty seconds. He'd stay quiet, <laughs> and then if I say okay, we're going to talk movies. Wait, I have a piece of news. Okay, do the comics news. We'll be right back. Yes. All right. Give us that piece of news. Eric Powell posted. A teaser today. Oh, which I posted on Fanboy Planet as well. Big is... Trouble in Little China comic book. Oh yes. Well, actually, yes. I don't know if that's Possibly. what it, I don't even know if that's what they're going to call it. Um, the and, Adventures of Jack Burton. That's clearly Jack Burton. Oh, it, oh, very clearly, very clearly. Uh, and uh, they're staying real quiet over at Boom because I immediately got uh, sent a note back over to Mel Kalo. Are you kidding me? Um, they're going to give us more information on Friday. Friday, right? Yeah. yeah, so this was a big tease. And I'm sorry that uh, Richard stepped away from this because that probably would have been one of the comics things that got him excited. Uh, if this is true, if Eric Powell is doing more than just a, just a promo picture, that is a perfect, perfect combination of creator and, and if I may be, of intellectual property. Yeah. And so i super excited, which... The other things that I would like to see back is the only next step is if they could get Buckaroo Banzai and then you could finally have... Now again, would we argue this? Is Big Trouble in Little China, is that the sequel originally to Buckaroo Banzai or is Buckaroo Banzai second in that series? Which one came first? And that's what I can't remember. We were arguing about this last week with Chris Garcia after the podcast stopped recording. And so I, I can't remember what we concluded. If it was 84, I just know I was in college. Buckaroo Banzai is go, 1984. And Big Trouble is 85? Big Trouble was, I think, way after that. It might have been 88. 87. 86. 86. Okay. I, I just knew I was in college for both of them. So, yeah, originally Big Trouble in Little China 
Yeah, they don't. They don't. Uh, there was a draft, I guess, floating around originally was going to be uh, David Lopan was Hanoi Shan, uh-huh. uh, uh, and so it would have been. You know, this is the the Jack Burton would have gone against the world the World Crime League essentially, uh, and then when they realized that uh, that Buckaroo Banzai was never going to be larger than the cult that we adore, uh, they took him out of it and and put. Oh, that cult didn't form right away either. Uh, sooner than you think, though, well, because uh, within within a year. Because I I can remember and it is the only fan club that I ever paid money to join uh, within a year of its uh, of its. Uh, well, I've been I've been release. going to science fiction conventions and you really didn't see the kind of cult like behavior around big about around. Uh, well, Buckaroo but, but the difference is where were you in eighty eighty five? Uh, Literally, where were you? San Jose. I was in L A. Okay. The cult was forming in L.A. Oh, okay. and, and they five. always form in L.A. I, mean, I remember the way they tried to sell Buckaroo Bonsai. I remember that they had like a they had like a listicle ad that had like you know nine things you should know about Buckaroo Bonsai. It was like really you could just hold it up to the light and see the letters H E L P. You know, like the marketing people. They they had no idea what to do with it. What am I supposed to sell this? Yeah, we know that, but but you were away. We're just saying that Boom Studios, the comic book publisher, did a teaser this morning for a Big Trouble in Little China. Comic or oh. a Jack Burton comic. We don't know what they're titling it, but we saw what from was, the nose what, down. What was the phrase? Uh, relax, hey, everybody. Relax. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. So, I think I think it's reasonable. I don't. I, don't, I mean, that's that's a ball. I think any any reasonably intelligent, you know, fan of. Uh, oh no, I think it's garbage. Could be able to run. And, and the artist was uh, Eric Powell, who writes the Goon. So if uh, he conti- if he is actually the creator on the book. I think it's a it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we'll see. We're going to find out more on oh, Friday. Yeah. Would it be great if that that monkey monster that's on the back of his truck when he's leaving everything is like his pet, like Clyde. ends up being like Clyde. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like he's going right turn, Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> every that. which every which way, but weird. Uh, so, well, looking let's forward see. to so that. So, Eric Powell first of all changed his Facebook back uh, Facebook background picture to. Everybody relax. I'm here, and Jack Burton's chest. Nice. Yes. Hmm. And then his little blurb on the picture he posted was, "Oh yeah, this is happening, and it gets better." More news Friday from nice. Studios. Okay, yeah. that's good. So I know it gets better. It, it's yeah. I, how could it be better than that? Well, give me a story. Buckaroo Bonsai's in there. Yes, <laughs> it's a book of pinups by Eric Powell of. No, and then I, it reminded me though it'd be interesting because we talked about the movie remake of Escape. You from don't New want to York give Buckaroo Bonsai right away. You want to have like no, no, New no, Jersey no, no, no. show up. No, no, no. But what I want <laughs> is that I don't want Moonstone to be doing it because Moonstone was oh, doing yeah. Buckaroo Bonsai, and I found those unreadable. Yeah, they're pretty and, I, and that's the book that drew me into Moonstone, and it was terrible. Yeah. So I want to see. I, you know, I, I'd like to see this be the anchor of that little WD Richter verse or whatever, and then. Because the license is out there, I'd rather also see comic. I'd like to see Snake Plissken separately to talk about another Kurt Russell, John Whoa. Carpenter thing, not in that universe, but to see him picked up as a comic. There was a continuing. How about a Jack Burton Snake Plissken crossover? No, no, the, the streams cannot cross. No, no, you could totally. You do cannot that. cross the you streams. T- I've got a Jane which Kirk brings and a Jim me. Kirk. Which I can do. I, I can do. Yeah, you no, are it's just sick. Like inviting, yeah. I am going to text your wife. Say keep him away from the action figures tonight because the way you were just balancing that—that's like uh, it's two one in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your Barbie. I know you have your Barbie Kirk. Hey, you, uh, there is still a box, mint box. Not never, after tonight. Never taken out. Uh, so, 
Uh, but this does segue there. Two movies. We, we lost a giant this week. Uh, and I, I love the tributes. I love the tributes uh, that have been pouring out for Harold Ramis. Um, I don't think underrated. I think people appreciated him in his lifetime, but I think he's passed out of favor, as often happens with someone who, in hindsight, feels like at least the last couple of films, he may have been writing and directing under a lot of pain. And, uh, you know, year one, the last thing he uh, wrote and directed, what, two years ago, three years ago? Jack Black and Michael Sarah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was not not a really a good a good work. But now when you say he, when he's been suffering from this rare auto... Very, very interesting stuff in it, though. I mean, I, I like some of his failures a lot. You know, I was, I was, I was talking to you earlier about, about enjoying the remake of Bedazzled as far as, like, being one of the things that shows off the... You know, when people say that Brendan Fraser's talent has been wasted in kids stuff, that I thought, you know, Bedazzled kind of showed that, yeah. along with Orlando Jones and stuff. That he had talent, yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's a tendency to, to go soft and stuff. But there's was, there was some mean things in, in year one that I really enjoyed. But I, I think that's the, yeah, that's the, that, that may be part of it is that you get older and you, and you start being a little more um, sentimental about it. There are some mean yeah. things in year one. I thought it was a no, problem I mean, in tone. I, I never laughed as hard as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, or it was either not mean enough or what you know, it wasn't adding up and I didn't know what they were trying what he was trying to say. Well yeah, exactly. It was it was review. It was really much it was it was very much like a you know, an improv it was like those improv movies he started making, you know, years and years ago. Yeah. But there you know, there was there was stuff in there that I thought was it was funny that I laughed at. I liked I like Sarah Sarah and Oliver Platt in there. Oliver you know, Platt was great in that funny stuff. The oiling of his chest. You're right. You brought up a good moment for and, me. You know, uh, you know, Hank Azaria. I think was was Kane. Was he? Yeah. So I mean, it, whoever it was that, that played Kane, it was. Uh, but it's it, something funny there too. But it's yeah. I mean, it was just it was a bunch of sketches. Um, I, I I think there was there's there is it is everybody's favorite movie Ghostbusters. Yes. They get kind of let down by the. Uh, I don't know. This the softening at the end. The Ernie Hudson, the way Ernie Hudson's used, for example, and the way he has to like be the one that goes like, "Man, I love Jesus's style." To try to calm down any Christians that would be like disturbed by the the wrath of hell. You well, know, kinda, of you know, and that, but that's a reality of filmmaking. Yeah, of, I know of, it is. I mean, I realize that. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, so Ghostbusters certainly Groundhog Day, which is one that I feel bad about in that. I saw it. I've enjoyed that film. I have never gone back to watch it again. No, and it's just oh man, which is I suppose ironic considering it's. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you're just afraid, kind of, you know. Andy McDowell kind of stinks in that movie. She's pretty, that may she's, have been one of my no, bad. but luckily yeah. she's not all that much of a focus. And, yeah. and I guess for, that's the the thing is is maybe uh, it made such an impression the first time around for me. I didn't have a need, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I really got it. I was like I felt like I got it, but I feel like it's one I should be watching again and again. That whole movie is just all of Bill Murray's little encounters yeah. with the different people in the town. That's what. No, I know. Movie. No, it's a great movie. It's and wow. and and the last one that probably I, that I think people recognize as the masterpiece, one of the masterpieces of Harold Ramis's writing. Though I'd go back to I can't. You watch Animal House. Animal House is funny as hell. No matter you know oh, yeah. where you tune in on that thing, yeah. and and the, you know that's just brilliant. And still, like I was watching a couple of clips this week, and going, you know, I thought it would be slower. Like in it, Animal House? No, I thought that because it's from the seventies that I would feel like the pacing was slower. Oh yeah. Like no, no it's right. No, it is not. This thing it feels just as, as as modern, as contemporary as any comedy I've enjoyed a heck of a lot less in the past two, three years. Stripe, so, stripes is definitely yeah. an act one, act two movie. You know, it's Yeah, like, I remember not being all that hot on stripes, but yeah. you know um, Yeah, it, it, stripes I don't think I mean at the time it, it was kind of a disappointment. I, I haven't really seen it since. 
there's some you know some really fun things in it like like uh Bill Murray kind of like like taunting PJ Souls with a, with a yeah. spatula. But uh yeah. that, Who's your daddy? Yeah. Yeah, no, Who's your favorite? Did he direct Caddyshack? Was it him? Or was Doug Kennedy? The, well he wrote it, but I don't remember. No, if, I don't know if he, if he got the credit or not. But yeah. That's that's one that still sits when barks. And when you think about all these films, you think about a lot of really crazy comedians that never got their work preserved anywhere else as well as he did. And I think that makes up for the John Hughes qualities and some sometimes when he He's a generous sure. writer. I mean, that's he one of the things. He did direct uh, Caddyshack. He did direct Caddyshack. No. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, that's well. See, that's that's one of my favorites. Which is good. And I'd say, I mean, there it is. Is maybe my favorite of all of his works. And I like, guess. I appreciate seeing a comedy where uh, there is room for a lot of people to shine. Yeah. And I I can't remember uh, who I was listening to uh, about. Uh, about screenwriting and about directing comedy. And the Zucker brothers said, always make your star the funny one. So this piece of advice was getting passed on. Like, if you have a scene and there's a, and there's a joke that a supporting player can deliver or the, or the star can deliver, give it to the star. And I thought, those are the movies I hate. The, the, uh, because I, I want to discover the guy who has that walk-on that gets his shot. That generosity and the, and the you, thing you, you say, Caddyshack, there's like 12 different moments of... Twelve different actors that are just like that's hilarious. This, the star of Caddyshack, I guess, is like some kid and and like, Michael O'Keefe, right? Yeah, I can't even remember the name of him. And and aside from the the romantic stuff that actually it has this like pro choice moment that I'm real that I really treasure, um, which is beside the point and in the political limit I want to get onto. But uh, you know, how can you make Rodney Dangerfield? They, they did try a few times to make Rodney Dangerfield a movie star. It's very hard to put Rodney Dangerfield on a poster and get people to show up. He's, he's got that face. So, you know. But, <laughs> but, but he was worked. the star. He was the star of that one. Yeah. I heard he's, he's the moral center and he's the star. And he's like, you know. Yeah. I did hear an interview with Ramos that was reported, that somebody was playing just past week. And he's, he was talking about Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, he's the writer and director. But what he's talking about is Bill Murray. Yeah. And how Murray would just throw the script away and just start. Start, um, yeah, start riffing, riffing. Murray's and, sensational, and, but he's a supporting actor in that film. But, but, in but, Ramus could be the writer and the director who's saying, Why aren't you doing mm. what I write? But instead, he was just he was so loving what he was getting out of Murray that it was, and it's yeah. just the generosity that's the whole and, and he, it's a Cinderella and, and story. I, and I do recall back in, in Stripes, you know, he was not supposed to be in Stripes. Hmm. Ramus, Ramus, but he was reading opposite other actors in auditions, and I guess it's Reitman who directed that. Said like nobody's as funny as you, yeah. And he didn't want to be in it, hmm. and yet I would say Ghostbusters is man. If you don't have Harold Ramis in that in that film, Egon, you know Egon is you know is the great anchor against against Aykroyd's energy and Murray's, Absolutely. and I can't think of another comedian. Of that time, who would have? And now you say it. Raymond kind of shaped '80s comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? I mean, it's it's, it's uh, Archie syndrome. You know, you can't. Nobody's going to pay to see a movie about Jughead. They need Archie. They need like the one. Yeah. Guy that doesn't really have all those qualities that. Yeah. Recessive and likable, and. You know, but we want to see Jughead. Moose might see a movie about Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. Maybe, maybe. So, uh, 
Yes, so it's a passing, but it, uh, some great classics, which I feel like, oh, if only I had time, I got to crack those open. But there's so many new movies I have to watch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, of course, this weekend, uh, Sunday night is the Academy Awards. Yeah. Hosted by uh, some Ellen uh, DeGeneres. Yeah, I think it's Ellen DeGeneres this year, yeah. It's, it's funny how, yeah. yeah it's Didn't like, they announce Benedict Cumberbatch is going to give an award? <laughs> I'm, if they haven't announced it, I'm sure he's going to. It's. I think I, I think I saw that there was like fangirl squeeze. Really? Oh, oh my gosh! I, yes. It's, uh, it's hard for me to get. I mean, I think that the. I was I was thinking about this before the show, and it, it seems to me that the Golden Globization is what's really kind of quelled my enthusiasm for it. Back when there was like five, you know, you had to do some serious cutting. Uh, you know, yeah. Some some really get, get really bloodthirsty when there's five nominees and there's ten. It's, it's it's the same as like horse racing. It's like you go to a horse race and you don't want to go to you know the race where they have like ten different horses is like not interesting to bet on. Well, was there a time that the Oscars really got you excited? Um, I think when I was, I think there was like in the seventies and stuff like that. Especially when you thought people were going to say something just terrible, you know. I mean, there's that, <laughs> that excitement when Marlon like, Brando was so alive. There's a lot, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of stuff that you know. No, I can you, remember. You'll say what, something terrible, or else you'll see like the decayed state of like your, your your old favorites that have not been in front of a camera. I remember them when Vanessa Redgrave won for oh, yeah, uh, Julia. Yeah, and and I had no idea. Uh, am I right? It was Vanessa, right? Not the, right. Uh, yeah. That when she made a statement for Palestine, and I had no idea. What this situation was, because I was like 11. Yeah. yeah. And I can remember just the audience. I could feel through this stupid little color TV. We, I mean, I felt this energy come out of like, yeah. she shouldn't have said that. Because you could tell that everybody was, this is going to get ugly. The JDF and, is all upset. Oh, yeah. It, it, just like any kind, of, any kind of thing where also where you just get in at the end of it and you just hear this kind of like, you know, in the audience, and you, and you got to cut. You don't know yeah. what it was that happened, or just like having a little too quick to watch. Yeah, and yeah I really yeah. enjoy that. But you know, lately, they've been better at being able to cut people off. The uh, glamazons they get to like steer people off stage before they say something yeah. controversial are a lot better. They treat they teach them aikido now. I think <laughs> I, I do believe it. I think they're yeah you know, the shield. You know, they definitely work for shield or something because they really are fast. Yeah, and they can just get out, get you out of there before. Well, you it is anything. on it is on ABC, and mm-hmm. they own shield. So yeah, it's quite so. possible. It's all all synergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there is there the sleep gun? Yeah. Is there any nominate any film you're really rooting for? It's it's a really it's also a tough thing because you know like six of my favorite films of the year are like all competing against each other and it's it's a rather it's a little bit hard to handicap. I'm thinking that um, I'd be delighted to see Alfonso Cuarón get best director. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. And what I'd did be he delighted to see for, uh, for, for gravity. gravity, right? And I'd be delighted to see Bruce Dern get an award for the you know for the body of work he's done ever since the 1960s. Sure, he's a tremendous actor, and you know you you, you see him speak. He's like when he came to San Jose to Big Wow a few years ago. Yes, we had a nice yep. conversation with him. We did not record it, which is a shame because it was a wonderful at his request. That's yeah, true. That's true. Oh, okay. He yeah. said he said talk to my agent, boys, but he still talked my ear oh, off. Yeah. It was great. What a great guy. Yeah, no, he's he's a and he's a wonderful actor. If you saw Nebraska, I mean, it'd be, I haven't be, seen it yet. Oh yeah, it'd, it'd be an absolute delight for him to win. It'd be great. You know, I think he was he was terrific. He's as well. Good as I he's love when I love when the old guard does win. Yeah. And, and 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 it's not a pity, you know. It's like yeah. it's really they are doing great work. No, he did. Still, he did. It's, a, it's a really good movie. I was, I, 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 you know, I was talking to my sister about it, and we were both like saying, 
who does this remind you of? You know, like father who died like two years ago. So there's that. So I would really send. I loved his, his cameo in Django Unchained. Oh, he was great. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, the weirdest thing that I that I just read about him in all this about Nebraska is that I didn't know he grew up wealthy. I didn't know that either. Hmm. Okay, he grew up wealthy. He plays Tom Buchanan in Great Gatsby. Yeah, and he's excellent. The best friend of the family is this old dowager from Chicago, and he is so excited to share with her that he's made it big. He's in this art film, not a, not a Western right. or alternative. He invites her to the premiere, and she starts crying because she was Daisy. She was the oh woman who jilted F. Scott Fitzgerald, and he grew up. She was just like the, you know, wow. the na-na so-and-so. And it's like she said, and she cried, and she said, she said, Bruce, I can't. You can't. I can't go because you don't understand. I am Daisy Buchanan, and That's <laughs> he's fine. like, and what an amazing you know thing that it's like to inform his life. And I, there's nothing about him, and this is not an insult, that would feel like he is coming from old money, but he was. Oh, far Chicago, from it. Chicago society. His early works. I mean, he's just such a rabble. Yeah. Rebel. Yeah. I mean, and even Tom Buchanan is the brute. You know. I mean, that's yeah. the point of him. Yeah. No, he was. He was a. He was irreplaceable. Tom Buchanan. I thought he was. You know, it's really, one of the best things in that. In yeah, that abso- version. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Uh, I like the story that he he loves to tell about uh, about his agent telling him that uh, he's never going to be able to get any. He's never going to be a hero anywhere for killing John Wayne. Like, you know, yeah. John Wayne dragged by horses and the Cowboys. Yeah. And he said, well, I'll we'll be a hero in Berkeley. <laughs> he's, he's excellent in uh, in Marnie, too, you know, under Hitchcock's direction. Yeah. yeah. And in Family Plot, too. So, And then and then there's the matter. I don't know. This is this has got nothing to do with the voting, but his daughter is a first-class actress, too. So Yeah. 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 And he stayed friendly with even with Diane Ladd. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like. Even though they're not married, there's I mean there's a clan. There's the there's a, the dynasty and it's nice to see that you know, it was nice to see the, the patriarch get acknowledged. I hope that I hope that the old folks will you know, that that, that litter the academy will, will vote for him, will turn yeah. out for him because I, I do love him. So that that one I'm kind of hoping for. Uh, you know, Barkhead Oddby in uh, for best supporting actor, I like that too. It's his first time and he was he was superb in Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. Not a lot of people saw it, but I think. Well, now my movie. question is though, with someone like that, just uh, is uh, I have not seen Captain Phillips mm-hmm. either, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to speak. Uh, but we're no strangers to speaking without knowing what the yeah, hell we're yeah, talking no, about a, here. We're very good at that. It's the essential. core of this podcast: speaking no, no, from no, no, pure is, ignorance. It's essential for when you're for Oscar handicap. But it is one movie. of these things where, do you think this is an actor who? Uh, it was like Dr. Hang S. Noor way back in the, ki- yeah, in the killing field. Exactly. That's, that's the is, is this a guy who is just giving the performance of his life Heart, and then we're never really going to hear from again or people are going to be stretching to try to cast him? Just like, uh, I, what's her name? The one for Precious a few years ago. Uh-huh. Well, he, well, Derek, my feelings about this are Gabourey Sidibe. Gabourey Sidibe, yes. Yeah, yeah. My feelings are about this that, that you know no matter what else is wrong with the movies the acting is you know these days the writing that might be bad the they're still adjusting to digital and and you still get a lot of ugly factors in the in the films yeah, yeah. like a, a lot of just superb ugliness but I mean acting is is the one thing that's that's really really good and so it's it's hard to tell it's I mean I'd never want to say, look at some actor and say this is it this is all you could do well and I, I don't think this guy could do all kinds of things well yeah I don't mind acknowledging I don't mind acknowledging I just yeah. you know it, it is 
I remember what I can't remember what else Doctor <laughs> Doctor Noor did except I was devastated when he was killed. That was about you know, it. Yeah, that was about it. He was killed by by, by a gang in Los by Angeles. By a gang in Los Angeles, yeah. you know, in his neighborhood. Yeah. And and here it was it was like, but he did. He gave the performance of his life. Killing Fields was amazing, you know. And so say the same thing here. It sounds like again, not having seen it, but everybody raves about this guy. He was he was really really good. He made, he managed to like balance balance it. And I thought he had a lot of Peter Laurie in him. And so you know, who can, who can say? Well, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I think that uh, you know, for best supporting actress, I'd be I'd be delighted to see Jennifer Lawrence. Like I know that half of the I'm, I'm sure always like delighted the, to see Jennifer Lawrence. Who isn't delighted to see Jennifer Lawrence? And she's, uh, I think her. It's one of my the, top celebrity crushes. I'm going to be quite uh, honest yeah. about it. And the craziness she got up into is, I mean, she saved American Hustle from from being totally aimless. Yeah, I still haven't seen she's, that. Yeah, but, she's, no, she's, she's but she's an actress in for the long, long haul. I mean, oh, she's, oh, yeah. she's going to be doing this in her nineties. She oh, is yeah, good. 90, Ninety years ago, in nano podcasting, people are talking to their <laughs> their pinky fingernails. You know, like like like. That'll make things easier, and can we connect? Yeah, it'll be a lot easier. They'll be talking we'll about work like, on it. Some crazy uh, Shelley Winters thing that she's doing in the year twenty. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, she's the Shelley Winters of the 21st century. She's going to completely be Shelley Winters. She's like, and, and I think part of it. Good for her. I think it's. A Damn good, it! I miss Shelley Winters. I, I think it's it's great to have that big force and the fact that she's like you know she's she's talking about how you know I am not going to lose weight and I'm like, good you know you just. But you know, on, on the other hand, she says I'm not going to lose weight, and I go really. I mean, and not that it, it's not really. It's like, like that's considered heavy. You too. You're that's considered, considered heavy. That's yeah, that's what that's, pisses me off. It's I guess. disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's to, it's totally you know. But but the, yeah, no, I think she's. You can see her, and you know, she's just going to be acting forever. She's yeah, gonna be acting till they bury her. So. So why not? I, I think yeah, I'd like to see. I mean, I, I enjoyed uh, June Squibb who played the. Uh, and, 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 and until I saw uh, American Hustle, that was my favorite supporting actress performance. Was as, as the uh, the hard bitten wife of, uh, of of Bruce Stern in uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. Okay. Cool. Uh, best animated picture. Are we okay with Frozen? Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, it's going to win. It's, it's a juggernaut. Again, it, yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's. It's no question. The Miyazaki film is fatally flawed, and it's which, which really, one is up? Uh, the wind. The wind rises. It's basically about somebody okay. working with a slide rule. I it's saw not. It. It's not a. I've watched it. Yet. Oh, yeah, it hasn't. Uh, it hasn't opened locally yet. I think. I, yeah, it, it opened in the city, and then they're going to bring it out dubbed, and I think the dubbing is going to fix the, the fix some of the yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Friday. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. It's. It's not. It's not one of his best. I mean, it, has Miyazaki won an Oscar before? Spirited Away, yeah, Spirited it won the okay. it, won, it won the first animated uh, best well, animated case, feature. Yeah, let's let's not. Then I won't and everybody went. Over everybody went. What is Spirited Away? What's this? Yeah. And you know, I yeah. it figures. It but really uh, yeah, no, I think um, yeah. So the Disney's Disney's going to get its way. It's uh, it was a lame year for animation. It was. What do you, what do you think about soundtrack? Uh, show tunes. I, I mean, like the, the kind of show tunes I'm not keen on. But is it going to take it over everything else? Yeah, I, I would suspect so. Yeah. What? Can we can we just like like hope that you know okay? Because I agree with you. I was thinking about it this morning. It is just show tunes because if you yeah. if you listen to the album, the rest of the instrumental stuff it's yeah. okay, but it's not not memorable. They're no no, big no it, but it is desi- it was designed to be a Broadway musical. I agree. And if they say if they ever say otherwise, they're lying. Right. It, There's is, a fantastic. I think I the, mentioned it last week. If you uh, listen to Script Notes, John August and Craig Mazin's podcast, they have one at the beginning of January with the screenwriter of Frozen. And I mean, it, it's very clear. This was designed 
the what album, it is. The album has the, the 50 shows, cuts on it. It should just say For Your Consideration Academy on it. Yeah, you know? yeah they're already doing the sing-alongs, I mean, which is like unusually quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I but, but as a person who deals with teen girls on a daily basis, yeah. I know that Frozen has struck a chord okay. with teen girls that I've, I, I've seen girls like Mulan. I've seen them begin to put Pocahontas. I, I, and certainly they love Tangled. But this is a phenomenon uh, okay, well, with, with, I, with adolescent and teen girls. you say it like that, I, I hardly feel like getting in the way of it, and I just hope that next year... Well, it's not you that's the yeah. phenomenon yeah. hitting, and that's okay. <laughs> we, can, I, we don't have to be part of everything. I just hope next year that everything is awesome by the Tegan and Sarah is going to get the best song. It's going to be. It's going to be. I, I can't imagine anything will, will get in that one's way. So. Because there is no better song that everything is awesome yeah, right now. It's, it is awesome. Uh, yes. Ah, yes. Um, so now we get to move on to uh, movie news, I think. Uh, Nate was particularly upset this week by the announcement by Sony that they are intending... Did we, did we cover, like, Best Picture or Best well, Director? Well, we said, we said Best Director. Best... He's hoping for Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah, okay. so I, I hope also that, uh, that it's going to go with, um, with, with Gravity. Okay. But I was going to go for Iron Sky for Best Picture. <laughs> Was that last year? I thought it was here. That's two years ago. I don't think it qualifies. Uh, but if I got it, I, I, I just have to mention that I did get a, uh, a press release for Iron Sky, the director's cut. Oh, good. good. Oh, you yeah. don't want to miss any of it. And it if you can tell me nonsense. that that guy didn't have complete control, what? I know. <laughs> you know? It happens like that sometimes. Yeah. So, it's not a matter of complete control. Some theaters don't like movies over a certain length because they can only play it a certain length. But it didn't make it. The, 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 I don't know if they it was, it like was all four, four wall. Or, what yeah. was that company? We had to we had to buy the ticket ahead of yeah. time to make sure it happened. Yeah, I mean we <laughs> saw it at the AMC, but that was a special one off screening. It's true that you led. I think was <laughs> I am a man. <laughs> it's it's yeah. We have to warn the public against space Nazis on the moon. Yes. Well, it, it, it's one of my top five fears. Uh, irrational yeah. as it no, may no, be. No, no, no. I think it's frighteningly plausible. Got the shark NATO itself. Yes. There we go. There we go. Um, so anyway, Sony is promising us Amazing Spider-Man 2 this year to be followed by Venom, to be followed by... They did hire Mark Webb to come back and be director of Amazing Spider-Man 3, then to be followed by The Sinister Six, okay. and then to be followed by Amazing Spider-Man 4. So we're going to have a spider... Itsy bitsy spider. A Spider-Verse movie every year. Okay, whether we need it or not. That's right. Will that upset Nate? I don't think we need it. Well, Oversaturation of the marketplace. Well, we, we're getting two mainstream Marvel Cinematic Universe movies a year. Yeah. Now, are yes, they... but mainstream Marvel Cinematic Universe includes a billion other characters. And keep in mind, Marvel is control of those films as opposed to Sony and Fox who have... Have, uh, screwed the pooch, I think is the first. <laughs> yeah, screwed yeah. the pooch, uh, yes. As a dog owner, he doesn't like to say that. The same kind of beautiful handling that they gave to the Fantastic Four films will be like you know here again in the. Yeah, but you know about the new one, right? You're going to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't mean to cause an aneurysm to a guest, but you know that's. Let's not talk about it this week. No, no I know no. that. Well, the casting news broke after we recorded oh, last week. Right. But no, no, no. It's just it is. It's horrible. It's, it's as bad as we thought. So. Thanks, Fox, for your cease and desist order. Um, I will not cease and desist hating every decision you make on this thing. The Spider-Verse movies, are they all going to have Spider-Man in them? No. So we're going to confuse 
the the viewing public as to what they're going to see in the movie. They're walking. They're going to walk out of um, Venom, going, "Where was Spider Man?" Well, you this know? is this is the problem that that because Marvel did it right. Yeah. Every studio that has a Marvel character, and now of course DC, Warner Brothers, thinking they have DC characters, nobody apparently told them until about three years ago. Yeah. Uh, that um, they think this is Hollywood. They're going to try to do exactly the same thing, or in the, just without any of the creative talent, right? Or the Warner, or, or the Warner plan is like let's do the exact same thing, but make it look very, very different. Yeah. yeah. If if Marvel put a cameo in, we'll make it the just full on team up and go right into the team. Yeah. And not explain anybody else. No. And not take the risk that Marvel did. Yeah. And that's they're trying to do it risk free. Marvel. Yeah, that's, that's, well, I think that's the essence to the superhero movie of. Of today is they'll try to make it as risk free as possible. They try to like like remove any kind of opinion or uh, or passion for it. It's, it's, this is like this is like what Evelyn Waugh said about the, the scriptwriter's job. He said that every every book has this particular uh, unique quality, and and it's the scriptwriter's job to find this and isolate it and remove it. You know, <laughs> there was like there was like six years of foreplay before we got into the Marvel Universe universe. We had yeah. like the Hulks and and. Oh, we, had Iron Iron, Man. we had Iron Man with the promise at the end that, right. that Samuel L. Jackson and Nick Fury would form yeah. the Avengers. And they had right. personality, and they, they kind of built, they worked their own little their little bits of the turf. And, and it is I, didn't, I didn't hate any of them, you know? I mean, I thought every every one of them had personality. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking at Amazing Spider-Man, and I just, oh, boy, I just don't see much personality here. High five, brother. Well, yeah. I like Andrew Garfield in the role. Uh, I, yeah, I'm okay with him. Yeah, and I thought back to the first one. I thought it was a very, it was a heartwarming, uh, independent drama about a teenager dealing with the death of his parents, and then he got bitten by a spider. Right, and <laughs> so, well, like, and then, it, yeah, and then it was time. just kind of fun, and I can't, and I couldn't think too hard about it, which was disappointing because I loved the beginning. Yeah, of it. No, yeah, no, I think I kind of raced through it. I was like watching, wow, well, all this stuff. Uh, happens, I, I, you know? But I still find it watchable. But it it, it's those yeah. other things, yeah. So we're against that. We know Fox is going to give us X-Men movies, and they're going to make Fantastic Four just another mutant. And we know that. Um, there might be an actual casting move in Star Wars. Uh, so I'm, And I had to stress on Fanboy Planet today, remind people that despite the articles that come out weekly saying uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford are in Star Wars Episode Seven, the studio, Disney, has not yet officially said they are on board and only a drunken Carrie Fisher has said it at every chance she gets. Now, I, I shouldn't say she's drunken. Uh, that's rude of me. Uh, but, but a drinking, a, but, uh, they have not, you know, and Harrison Ford is just going to, they all heard that what had been diesel to get, did to get cast. And so they're all yeah, doing they, the same thing. again, yeah, you just say, yeah, we're in it. Um, and so we don't know, but Adam driver who I've never seen, I have no idea. He's on girls. He was in Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, okay. So he's like, uh, right, right. He's he's the guy that plays uh, the, he's the, the Tom Paxton character, right? Bass singer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. The, the Tom Paxton guy from uh, from Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. And so uh, I I hear a lot of buzz on this guy, but he's been cast as, or uh, the way Variety reported it is, they've cleared his schedule because they were concerned about how he could do in a franchise. If girls continues being successful, but they've cleared his schedule. Hello, we've cleared your schedule, and they're about to <laughs> announce that he has been signed to play the villain. Hmm. They haven't the named or who they, 
Uh, they said the villain, but the that's villain. but that's just an you know please an article. You know how how professional writers care about articles these days in in, in journalism. Are you including yourself? <laughs> so you care a lot. I know. You see you the vein pulsing. I'm hitting the microphone with the vein in my forehead right now. Uh, but they just say the villain. Uh, so, I, but we don't know who that is. I'm I'm hoping that even though they'll probably won't resemble it, I he'd make a good throne. I'd love to write a, a a script where the hero's name was villain. That would be good. That would, that would be like like going against it. Or who tried that? Villain, who tried that in? Like um, uh, there was a villain. There was actually a villain in Steel, but I can't I remember who the writer was at the time, who was uh, named villain. Hmm. And that was it was French. And he was really angry that he Villain. was. Yeah, he was like Alan Villian, and they're like <laughs> Alan Villain, and he's like no Villian, Villian. Uh, well, and there was that great Hal Needham movie, which I wish was on Blu-ray. The Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kirk right, Douglas movie, the, the Villain, the Villain. Oh yeah, in yeah, which Kirk that. Douglas is clearly the hero, but you know, it's the Bugs Bunny Ro- and it's the yes, uh, it's Road Roadrunner Runner. Wiley Coyote. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that one. I would like that movie to be released so that I could take. Well, yeah, I could show I, it to my son. I'm surprised it's not out. Um, any Bond 24 news? All I've heard is that uh, is uh, oh gosh, it's the the cinematographer oh. isn't coming back. Um, right, and that's it. Roger Deakins isn't coming. Back. I try. I, I try not to really run with what's not going to happen. Right, I you know, that, <laughs> because yeah. I get so frustrated. And the thing with Star Wars, like this is the first time I've printed a casting rumor in Star Wars because it's so close. Yeah. And Variety is the one that broke it. And, you know, J.J. Abrams announced a couple weeks ago, he said, yes, we're, we're going to film in May. And I'd like to say that all the people that you say uh, I have seen and possibly cast in this film, <laughs> some of them might possibly be actually true. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, so it's like... This is the first time it's you know it's coming from a respected source, but even so, when I Google it in, and it's only an hour later, and it's all over the place, everything's still coming back it's, to Variety. Yeah, it's nobody all is. But we had the same thing with Paul Rudd as Ant Man, so I figured, yep. that's kind of enough. If they're saying it, it's it's gonna happen. Um, the one thing that I really want to happen, Carl Urban has appeared at the uh, he was at the Star Trek convention in Frankfurt last week, mm-hmm. and said uh, that. Uh, Alex Garland has been talking with Lionsgate, or Lionsgate rather, has been initiating talks with Alex Garland for a Dread sequel, because even though the film did not do that well at the box office, the DVD and the VOD has been incredible. Hmm. Yeah. So, and that first one didn't, it was, it was a trilogy designed not to cost a lot. And I finally caught it myself a week and a half ago and thought that was great. Hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, I still haven't seen it yet. True to the spirit of the books. It's it's short. It's sweet. It doesn't try to be anything more than what it is. And true to the spirit of the of the two thousand AD comics. You know, it's like this is dread. This is who he is. No explanation. Actually, there's at one point with Judge Anderson walking around, where the person I was watching with says, "Why isn't she wearing a helmet?" And just at that moment. Red turns to her and says, why aren't you wearing your helmet? <laughs> and <laughs> that's beautiful pacing when the audience starts questioning. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, and Carl Urban, who is, I would not, again, this is sort of like being friends with Chris Garcia. If 10 years ago you'd have told me that Carl Urban was going to be my favorite action star. Oh, yeah. I, I would have said poppycock. And exactly that word. The and, other cool thing. Uh, the other cool thing about that movie is that. But he is. I, I for the record, he is like my favorite action star. He be, uh, he keeps his helmet on through the whole thing. He does. So he doesn't. It's not the Marvel or my or even the Batman where my 
cowl has to be ripped off so right, you this see my is face. An and actor I can who gets the character. He gets the character, and he is like this force in the movie that moves through all these other super interesting characters. Yes. All the villains are different. Which all the is what Judge Dredd is about. That's exactly what Judge Dredd is about. And the problem with Sloan film was it was about Sylvester Stallone yep. wearing a helmet. Yep. And this is about... And everything else was boring. The world of Judge Dredd. Mega yep. City One. It's... The Burb Claves. It's a, it's a clean... It's just a perfectly driving, driving, driving. Yep. I love it. So um, I'm hoping that is true. And uh, the other thing, uh, of course, the Godzilla trailer, the second Godzilla trailer oh, dropped this week. Did you magic. listen to the SoundCloud Godzilla roar? Oh. Let's listen to it now. That was cool. <laughs> Thus, Rick ensures I download this episode afterwards <laughs> and listen to his work. I said it was just abjectly magic. And I heard, like, I, I posted it on Facebook and somebody complained about all oh, these, like, wet histrionics by Brian Cranston. And I, I thought, you know, one of the things I liked about the 80s reboot was there's a scene of just, like, the, the more realistic looking Godzilla just, like, breathing a, a big stream of fire. They cut to, like, uh, Raymond Burr's like pouchy, you know. Raymond Burr's looking like he's had a, a really rough, you right? Know, like twenty years. Holy crap! I and, forgot about that and one. He, he kind of pounces like that, and it's it was great. It just looked like this man has not had a night's sleep since he saw that hell beast. In well, the this is one of the things when people criticize about like overacting in a thing like this. I hate it's that. it's like hate it's it. like going, if you'd like to um, put yourself in the place of yeah. As I realized, even though I hated the movie Independence Day, right. I had this horrible, horrible uh, loss of faith halfway through watching that movie because I went, oh, my God, if these aliens did show up, we're dead. Yeah. Faster yeah. Than, this, than this movie can, can make it. And I was halfway through also praying they would so I wouldn't <laughs> have to finish watching this movie. But uh, that's the way I feel about Emmerich Films. But yeah. Godzilla, uh, you know, I mean, I see that and I go, yes, if, you, if there's a... However, I don't know how I like tall that, that guy is. Like that, ex- yeah, going going expressionist. If like there's this, if there's this reading. giant, if there's this giant lizard tearing apart Vegas, yeah, and there's nothing we can do to stop it. People are going to lose their. Uh, they're going to lose their their cookies a little. We bit. are yeah. so screwed. Yeah, and yeah. and that's a legitimate to have a guy just like crying constantly. I'd be there. I would totally yeah. be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I guess it's like Brian Cranston is America's most trusted man or something. Yeah. Yeah. I liked what they did. He's America's <laughs> most trusted man after being Walter White. Yeah. Did, you, did you catch on to the bit, yeah. the bit at the beginning about the nuclear testing that was done? Yeah. Wasn't well, really testing. They were trying to actually kill him before. Yeah, I love that. Well, yeah. I've, which, I've, which is different. In the movie, in the original movie, it was like the nuclear testing woke him. Yeah. But they were apparently aware of him, so they were trying to destroy him with the nuclear. Well, because they do destroy him. At the end of the for, of the first Japanese film, they have the the right. Godzilla. I can't remember what they call it. I got to get my copy back. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. But Godzilla, Godzilla. Um, but what I you know I saw some theory online, and I go, I like I like I like reading theories. Yeah. Um, and and the theory is that actually they did, but they took a sample because he's because Cranston's narrative is like you you know you you've kept him hidden, and so it's like the theory is. That maybe what they have is actually the son is that like the son of Godzilla. Godzuki? Egg, it's Godzuki. Godzuki. 
that it's an egg or they took a genetic sample from the corpse yeah. and they've had it locked down and then it's out of control. Yeah. Okay. Which you Whatever. know the government would do, yeah. you know. Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. That's just the kind of thing they do. They, it's totally, they totally. clone Godzilla all the time. As they do, yes. Because <laughs> that's what one would do, right? Okay. Um, and so... Uh, When's that come out? May, but I can't remember May. the exact. We are date. looking yeah. towards some great movie times. Well, think about this: we this got year. we got Captain America coming, which I'm which so also, looking. Yeah, I'm also jazzed about. Well, we? which which segues to my TV section because Thor: The Dark World came out, you know, on video yesterday, mm-hmm. and there's a big th- segment on on uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So, one of the few extras I watched uh, because it's like. This is another one where I was not a big fan. I, I mean, I didn't not like Captain America, but that was not. I was not a big fan as a kid, and yet oh. these films are the ones out of the out of the Marvel universe, with the possible exception of Guardians of the Galaxy. Because I'm looking forward to that raccoon with a blaster. But um, but Captain America, I loved the first Avenger, and I'm so excited for the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. And again, thanks Marvel for giving me a character. Who to me is closest to Superman when Warner Brothers can't give me the Superman I want? Thanks, Marvel, yeah. for playing in the universe you've been creating and bringing in a bunch of other characters along with Captain America, so we can just go. Because yeah. I'm all for the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he saw that. So um, I think you were saying like we need more Marvel Cinematic Universe we, a year. We, we need. We need. Well, we like, don't need Spider Verse. We no, need more. We need we three need, Marvel movies a year. Marvel has built this thing up, right? And I want to. I want a Nick Fury it's, it's movie. Really, I it's want... really quite an achievement, and you know, I really, I really have to hand it to the guys that the way that they've managed to build this, and it was really careful, and I think they did it very organically. Yep, it doesn't seem forced, and like I say, every, all these these films have their own personality. Yeah, but Joe Johnston brought the personality to the first Avenger. That you know this, this and the stuff that he brought to the Rocketeer. Yeah. He's a you know genuine love for the 1940s. It's not forced. That you know Bronagh brought the Shakespeare to the Thor. I know some people aren't as crazy about that one, but, but I loved that. I did. did. I, I loved know, that. So this, it's, it's exactly what, what Kirby and Lee brought to it, and so you know. Yeah, and yeah. we were you know, but this is the thing. Uh, so uh, Rick and I were sort of debating this morning on on Facebook, back and forth about you know where marvel's got to you know they even if they have a mediocre one we're going to buy it yeah. you know when it come, and, and and then we got an argument about, well, the, about what, the what mediocre of, is yeah. about the qualities of green lantern cuz i said like okay iron man 2 yeah. was mediocre to me it was sprawling it was all over the place it was yeah. overstuffed and it didn't have a through line even robert downey jr admits that right but i like green lantern for the fun of green lantern scenes but the problem with it is exactly what richard just said is Martin Campbell brought no fingerprint to it. Yeah, he which is strange because he's really good at that stuff, and I don't, I don't understand. But why it, that but I wouldn't. So. But he wasn't somebody I'd associate with, with a, a, a personality. You know, a, a persona. Whereas you, when you went with John Favreau first with Iron Man, hey, this is a guy who makes fun movies. Okay, he's interesting. He's done. Some, he's a screenwriter. He's done some interesting stuff. Cool. Favreau on the second one, I think they interfered too much. They know they pulled back. Yeah. Um, Incredible Hulk. All right, that Louis Leterrier. Yeah. Gave an action film. That's what it was well, meant so, to be. So, yeah. I think going to going to Rio with it was like an intelligent that choice. That was a good movie. Incredible yeah. Hulk. I loved Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Yep. I re- really really enjoy that. So um, this this goes to with Thor: The Dark World. The thing that's tying in that we why we need a third cinematic film a year out of them is because they did the apex so far of their one shots, which are these unrelated one shot fifteen minute shorts. That go on the DVD, unrelated among themselves. Uh, 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 well, unrelated to 
the main feature. Right. So, like, yes. with Iron Man 3, I, and I guess there's a vague connection with Agent Carter in that it's kind of the early days of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Kind of setting that up. Yeah. Which will then hopefully be another series that ABC is trying to develop an, an Agent Carter TV series to be tying into S.H.I.E.L.D. I, yeah, I haven't been able to watch uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. show, I'm afraid. I've given it a couple of shots, and it's, you know, it's not okay, good for me. Okay, watch Tuesday with Sif, and then, and then okay. give up. Okay. Actually, go back and watch the three, <laughs> the three prior episodes of this one. Maybe. It, that's Maybe. when it, got, that's when it give, started getting good. Chance. Yeah, it, it floundered so bad in, the, in 2013, and then 2014 seems to have its way. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but, so you have that, and so now with Thor... Completely unrelated to Thor is actually the denouement to Iron Man 3. All Hail the King, which is Trevor Slattery, the actor who played, well, Sir Ben Kingsley's role, you know, the actor who played the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, right. is in Seagate Prison, which I had to point, somebody else pointed out to me was, uh, is where Luke Cage gets his powers. Yes. Hmm. So they're setting up Luke Cage, which will be on Netflix. Right. It'll be this Netflix thing that they're doing. Right. Do. Which they announced today will be filming, naturally enough, in New York City. Which is good. We should be. I mean, you're going to have Hell's Kitchen, use Hell's Kitchen. Yep. Yeah. Hell's Kitchen in reality, so much nicer than any Marvel book I ever read. Uh, <laughs> so freaked me out to be there. It's just, what? Yeah, you can't do it. The what? Na- the Where Toronto, are the ninjas? So, it, never, it never looks right in Toronto. Yeah. So it's going to be in New York City. Anyway, so Trevor's in in prison, and he is the king because everybody loves him, which was not what I expected at all. It's like they're all just like, "Yeah, you totally stuck it to the man," and so he's got his entourage. His and it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. It goes through through uh, Trevor's acting resume. Uh, and shows clips from his past, which is just oh my God. brilliant. Oh, nice. Oh, this just brilliant. And it's shot like a 70s prison exploitation drama. Oh, Even the funny. title, it's like he's wa- his silhouette walking like down. Like a grindhouse kind of thing. Like film. a grindhouse. Like, like he's walking down the hall and a wise student goes, dun, 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 you know, that bad funk. And it goes, all hail the you king. Shouldn't be, you shouldn't be talking about this because it kind of spoils Iron Man 3. But, you know. Uh, well, oh, have you not seen <laughs> Iron Man 3? No. Uh, um, but the thing is, that there is like a plot hole, plot thread, whatever left dangling through the entire Iron Man trilogy about it, and it's getting tied up, yeah. and it's getting, and this ends on a cliffhanger, which is like, crap, which movie is going to pick this where, up? Where because is this get picked up? Because yeah. Agent Carter ends with, oh, that's how Shield started. Isn't that cute? We're going to have Shield. That's the same thing it's we okay. had when, when the at the end of the Avengers movie. It's like Thanos. Yeah, wh- but where's we, that going to happen? But I know where Thanos is going to happen. Now we do. Yeah, yeah, but. What's frustrating is this. This is a mini. This is a one-shot mini yeah. movie that suddenly, not to say it changes much. I'm not going to say it changes everything, but it changes much, and people could overlook it. And yeah. well, aside from being the best of the one-shots, and Ben Kingsley is just having the time. like, I'll probably watch this four or five times and oh, just I laugh. Can't, I can't wait to see every this. time. Uh, well, and it's hard to find. So this is uh, this is a thing. Uh, our listener and occasional contributor Dave Tapia wrote in on Facebook asking, "Can we talk about with this release?" And Star Trek Into Darkness did the same thing. Because now we're fully into home video and television. Mm-hmm. That depending on which store you go to, yes, you get different extras on the DVD. Oh boy, that's been happening more and more often. So Star Trek Into Darkness did it. Yeah, and I know there have been things where like special cases, like I've never, like I bought Amazing Spider-Man with the Spider-Man head case. I'll never do that again because there's no point. Actually, when I'm remembering, it doesn't it, fit on my. It shelf. happens a lot with with music. 
Yeah. Target will have like four or five cuts that they've got exclusive on. Yes, you know. I realize that. And I don't like it. I don't. And, and so now it's starting to happen. So, like, movies. if you go to, if you order Thor the Dark World from Amazon, the Blu ray, you get, you get the extras on visual effects, which actually I don't feel a great loss for because I don't feel like those extras ever teach me something you mean, new. You get everything everybody else has plus those? Or you, almost. So, okay. here's what it, so you have. Um, there's a base set of basically you have the Blu-ray, you have the film, you have there's a little documentary about Thor and Loki, their brother's journey. You still get the director's commentary. I think Star Trek was worse than this. Star Trek Into Darkness only allowed commentary on one outlet's version of it, which I think was you know that's the one. Like I don't listen to commentary a lot, but I do like having it. You know, because actually, Brana, you go on the first Thor, Brana's commentary is amazing. Mm-hmm. I will go into, I will switch over on certain scenes because I want to hear what possibly, they're saying about Possibly, possibly, you mm-hmm. know. But usually I just watch the movie once and then that's yeah. it, you know. As I said to you this morning, I had to make a very difficult decision. And you go to Target and their 3D Blu-ray plus digital copy right. and regular Blu-ray, but no regular DVD, has an outer casing of Loki and I think a year subscription to Digital Comics Unlimited. Maybe oh. a month. Maybe a month. Maybe a month. Oh. I may be exaggerating. But still. But that's what you get there. You go to Best Buy. It's in a steel case. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so I went last night. Dave posted this and said, you know, and will you talk about All Hail the King? I went, you're right. I better get it. I know I'm going to break down. I got to Target. All the 3D versions were gone. All copies. It was like. That's the 3D up, with the digital with downloads. The, yes. And everything. With yeah. everything. So the tough decision I made is like, I don't watch movies digitally. I don't watch the digital downloads. So I was like, I don't really need that. Yeah. I have several of these things on 3D, and I don't have a 3D television, and I'm not likely to have it anytime soon. And by the time I do, the technology will change so much it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know. Um, so I went for, they was on sale for 20 bucks, just the Blu-ray, because I don't need the regular DVD either. But they don't offer the regular DVD. The, you can buy it as a regular DVD, right. but they're no longer offering the Blu-ray plus DVD, DVD. pack. Yeah. So I didn't get any of the bells and whistles. I just got the basics, which then had, uh, like I said, these featurettes, deleted scenes, uh, alternate scenes. So you can see that scene with um, Tom Hiddleston in the Captain, in the Captain America, America suit. outfit. Yeah, yeah um, and it has uh, a gag reel. I hate gag reels. I've come to hate those with a passion. Yeah, I don't like to watch them. because they're not funny. Uh, it's just watching people make mistakes and like no, stumble. I, I don't want to know. You know, or yeah. you know, somebody who's not supposed to be there running onto the stage. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. It's not. This it's, is like something that, that always when you really see it like over the end credits, you can tell the movie's really failed. Yeah. Well, unless it's a Jackie Chan, because then you unless understand. It's Jackie yeah, Chan, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I remember when I was a kid going to uh, the start the start one Star Trek convention. I went the to. Pixar ones are good too. Well, because oh, yeah, they're not true, bloopers. Yeah. I know they're yeah, not. They're, yeah, exactly. But, so and there's a Lego it. Movie blooper reel too. Good. Uh, but uh, that's true. That's but true. I went when I saw the Star Trek blooper reel the first time. I was like, "Yay, that's hilarious! That's hilarious!" And it was you know to me that was done. And then what I recall reading later is that all the cast was very angry. That that got out there, you know, and they've gotten over it, of course, because it's all just part of the affection for them. But I, I start seeing that it's like, when did this become de rigueur? I don't need to see the mistakes. Yeah, I, I just don't. But so you still get this extended look at at uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, and you get all hail the king. And really, that's all you need because ultimately, when I'm going to sit down and go through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm not going to sidetrack any right, special effects. Gonna- 
I'm not going to sidetrack in how they wrote the score. I'm going to, not that that one's there, but, you know, uh, and maybe I'll watch the document, the little featurette about Brothers, a Brothers' journey between. Yeah. Um, because I think it's a very important thing, and as a dramaturg, I like that. As a writer, I like to know that. But I'm only going to watch it once. I'm going to watch the movie over and over, and I'm going to watch All Hail the King again. My big, And by that time, I'll also have Captain America the Winter Soldier on Blu-ray, and I'll be fine. My big so, regret from the Christmas season was not going through all of the Marvel Cinema, all the way back to Hulk. We were going to watch it all the way through over like two days. Are, now, that's interesting. Are you counting Hulk, the Eric Bana film, the Ang Lee? I was thinking of that as like an appetizer. You know? Because I, I think that Incredible Hulk is purposely left vague enough yeah. that you could, and he starts in Rio de Janeiro where, where, he was le- where, yeah. where it ended. So it's possible you could consider it the same film. The I, same I was going to go with it. Cinematic universe. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't necessarily, but... This, I would not. Yeah, you know. I, I don't hate it as I much as you do, Nate. not ruin the, my uh, appetite by yeah. <laughs> watching an appetizer that would make me sick. I understand. <laughs> it's 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 a weird. Don't thing. judge it's me. Like, I mean, like, oh, we judge you. It's it's a real failure, but it but it was it's an interesting failure. And when at the time I saw it, all I get to see was the failure. Now I see the interesting failure. I see many interesting things about it. It's just long, yeah. I, and that yeah. And, and that's that that's one of my problems with it. Um, but I I also see, you know it's also a movie about letting go. Well, it's not. It's actually a movie about repression with the yeah. hero who is the ultimate expression of letting go. Right. And and that's not interesting. Yeah. yeah it, that was a mistake. But I understand why they tried it. Um, so, a- anyway. Uh, I'm another- trying, to, trying to use the, the format of trying to turn it into a comic book through, through all the cutting and so forth. I loved that. I liked that touch. It was it was an experiment. It was, you know. Of, I kind of like that better in, um, in Sin City, I think. Which has officially got its title of, which would no no surprise, Frank Miller's Sin City, A Dame, <laughs> Dame to, kill to Kill For. for. Yeah. yeah. Which I think we all knew that's where it was going to go, so that's it's, all good. It's one of the better titles of, of his books. So. I'm not exactly waiting for it. I mean, I, I think the last one made me feel like, you remember that ice cream parlor, Ferrell's, where they used to serve you the trough? I yeah. love I, yeah. I love Ferrell's. Well, that's what, I, that's what I used to think when I was watching Sin City. I felt like the, the, the guy that ordered the trough and like about... Halfway through, three gallons of ice cream is my 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 grandfather. My grandfather uh, <laughs> eyes were bigger than my belly. My yeah. grandfather had the ribbon. Okay. He I made went, the he made the. Drop. I made a pig. I myself. made a pig myself at, at Farrell's. Yes. Yeah. Um, oddly enough, this is like the second time Farrell's has come up in a conversation with friends today. Wow. Uh, it's on its way back. It's, yeah, it's coming back. What else you, is new? You know what else is coming back? Down here, Heroes. Heroes Reborn is coming to. I NBC. said, what else is new? No, because nothing is new. Because NBC is going, is saying, we don't know what to do, so let's revive shows that we canceled because we can't remember why we did. When I heard, Oh, that's right, they were bad. When I heard Heroes Reborn is coming back, I thought about that time in Marvel when they gave all their characters over to the... You're not the only, uh, you're not the only one who did that, too. I thought entirely that. I did not hear... I think they snuck it out on a Saturday... On purpose, yeah. Like that. Like I got that that uh, email from NBC at like five o'clock on Saturday night. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this on a Saturday? Exactly. Um, Hide it. I, I tell me, listeners, is it okay as a blogger, uh, as a guy running a website? Can we take a day off every now and then? I, yes. you know, yeah, I, 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 I think so. Yes. So uh, try to tune out is you know, it's, it's like tuning out buzz is. I'm just essential to concentrating. Yeah, on I'm yeah. so, so, un, so un, un, unexcited. The only thing that that they contained from the original one is that stupid solar image 
Which never paid off. Which never paid off. It was just annoying over and over again. Um, ridiculous. Yeah. It's and sloppy. And you know what happened since Heroes? Actual superhero shows and, yes. and movies became popular. I don't want to see people who will not acknowledge their status yes. as superheroes. I, I can't let anyone know I can fly. Yeah. Because that would ruin my political career. Put on a costume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, put, on, I, put on a dang costume. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not. Maybe although, they've learned from all these other things. Nate, they don't learn. Plus, you're probably not going to get Zachary Quintos back. Uh, probably you never not. know. No, I don't think so. Did he survive? I, always time to I learn. stopped watching after the He beginning. survived twice. I stopped watching after the beginning of the second See, season. See, I didn't watch this show, but this is why people are telling me that, that oh, yeah, Zachary Quinto didn't just come out of, of nowhere. Oh, I, I have to, for, for, for IRS purposes, I have to plug the fact that I just saw him playing Tom in the Glass Menagerie in New York. So. Did you? <laughs> I did. Oh, but he was fantastic. He was. He was true. Well, it's a great part for anybody. And, of course, I always think of Malkovich when I see it because of the, the Paul Newman movie. But, you know, you know. Cool. Yeah, he was excellent. Cool. Ah, Cherry Jones really brought out the the. Um, so does the metro? The does the metro pay for you to go to New York? <laughs> yes. They, oh yes. Yes. And then how do I take over your job? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no. They do not. They do not pay. For oh, okay. Me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, we did also get uh, a leaked uh, new companion for Doctor Who. This is the section where Nate can take a minute nap. Now, uh, while I take my nap, <laughs> I want to mention that there is wrestling news. Okay, so great, good, 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 good. Um, and then we also uh, this, uh, this is on that part's on Family Planet. We've got a picture of the of the actor and the new character. No news on anything, you know, nothing solid. Uh, but we do know that uh, they cast an actor, I believe, his name is Matt Ryan as John Constantine over the weekend for the Constantine pilot uh, on NBC uh, and the new companion. No, no, no. I'm talking. No, I know I, you I, jumped. I, mean, I did jump. I did yeah. jump because I because the guy's name is Danny. The character is Danny Pink, which I think is interesting. That it's time that we began with Rose, and now we have Danny Pink. Okay, and he's a teacher at Cole Hill, yes. which is where the show started 50 years ago. Yes. And, and we, is he going to be from 50 years ago? They haven't said a thing. Because that would be cool. That would be cool. I'll tell you why I don't think he will be. Because they're not that cool. He's black. That would be I exceptional. Don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I, because I I, I, and, and, I don't think England had black teachers. In the, uh, not, I don't, I don't think. about like, uh, you know, Sydney Portier in To Serve With Love? In to Serve With Love, that was 67. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and that, and, and, but there was still a lot of racism faced that, especially yeah, there uh, was. I, I, if you I'll read the original, uh, the original Thackeray book, uh, he was, it was definitely, uh, you know, faced a lot. So, I don't think it is. I think the intention is he's a he's a, a faculty member alongside Clara, because Clara is established in the uh, last episode as having gone suddenly become a teacher. But Clara has been from all over time. Yes, too. but it's this Clara has been teaching at. Uh, sorry, in the uh, the the time the day of the doctor, she's teaching. Not the. I'm uh, trying the to keep anniversary. my hope alive. I know, but you know what my job is to break, squash me. it, kill it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, kill, kill joy. I will break you. But uh, anyway, things are moving forward with the Constantine pilot. It's actually seeming pretty decent. Uh, the guy that made Doomsday. Uh, what's the director of that? Is that Neil Marshall? Is that his? Mm. I, I, I think Don't so. Uh, uh, he's done a bunch of uh, kind of independent, uh, violent, Mad Maxi kind of films over okay. in Scotland and England. He's directing the pilot for NBC of Constantine, and they're setting it up. Apparently, the screen. 
casting notice has gone out, perhaps, or just to, they've released that this is a description of the pilot that uh, the will have Papa Midnight, who is played by Jamon Honsu in the Keanu Reeves movie, uh, and is a recurring character, sometimes an ally of Constantine, sometimes an enemy. Kind of like uh, Constantine. Yeah, exactly. So establishing the the sliding morality of the characters so that Papa Midnight will be a recurring, though not regular, uh, big bad to keep coming back. Good. And then the first Good. season will be a conflict, growing conflict between Constantine yeah. and Papa Midnight. So I think that bodes well as at least in theory, in outline, this pilot is being done right. Um, so let's hear your wrestling news, Nate. Okay. Yes. This is a three-parter. Uh-oh. Part one. Yes. As we know, Hulk Hogan was making his triumphant return to Raw television on Monday night. How'd that go? Which he did. He came out at the beginning, and he is going to be hosting WrestleMania 30, whatever that means. He's going to be hosting it? Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to put I him in the ring. I don't know what that means. He's going to be standing there announcing things. I don't know what yeah. hosting he means. He will probably get in the ring like twice during the event, I imagine. Yeah, he'll come this in and, just in and in. talk. He's replacing Seth Meyers on the late... Okay. Yeah. He definitely won't fall down or uh, no. knock anyone else over because that would hurt him. Yes. Uh, and then The Undertaker returned as ah. well. He will be wrestling Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30, putting his WrestleMania winning streak on the line once again. You know, and I know, I, uh, we had the most bloodless stabbing ever on television. <laughs> Undertaker stabbed Brock Lesnar in the hand with a pin. Yet, surprisingly, there was neither a hole nor blood where the stab happened. Okay. So and part three. You know, go how, ahead. How do humans endure it? You know, that's the question you always ask when you watch WrestleMania or you watch professional wrestling yeah. <laughs> on TV. How does the human frame endure this kind of punishment? I thought you were talking These about the audience. These men are superhuman. You know. The rocks, the rocks shatter. The the buildings crumble. But only man endures. You know. So, no. Nate, so uh, one. I'm thinking number three. Pardon me. I'm sorry. I, mean, I, I I I wanted to jump back for a second. Yes. The, the Undertaker. Uh huh. Do we know that's always been the same Undertaker? Yes. It it's it always? has been the same guy. They had a second Undertaker who was a different guy, but okay. this Undertaker is has always been the same guy. And he's changed his look many times. Okay. Yes. Do you think the grave could hold him? Exactly. Well, that's just it. I mean, well, I mean, because in the '90s when it was at its most cartoonish, it was he was definitely the, they were playing up that supernatural thing. Right. And then for a while, he was just a badass biker kind of guy, and mm-hmm. then they he's that played, was short lived. Yeah, he's played with looks. And yeah, depending he's on not quite as strange as mankind, but depending on who had the comic book license. <laughs> yeah. So, is, is Hornswoggle the dwarf still at large? Uh, he is. <laughs> I mean, I guess yes. I know that's maybe the wrong he way talks, to put it. He talks now, though. Oh, okay. The amazing thing is, like, I started. I watched wrestling for six months, fifteen years ago, and I'm following everything you're saying about these. Like, nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Tolstoy said, if time moves on, something must stand still. You know, and that something is the Tolstoy WWE. was a big wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah, he was something loved it. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Bushwhackers? Bushwhackers are long gone, right? Oh darn! That's politically <laughs> incorrect. Huh? <laughs> that was so rude. I thought Lon Lopez returned to the, the Bushwhackers. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, what's part three? Uh, part three, WWE Network launched on Monday. And you bought a membership, didn't you? I certainly did. For yes. $10 a month, 
I figured, you know what? You can't go wrong because uh, <laughs> much grappling galore. <laughs> you get all of the pay-per-views included, which is what sixty, seventy bucks a pop right there. How many are there a year? At least twelve, twelve or thirteen. Wow. Yeah, they do. Uh, so the yeah. first, the first available pay-per-view will be WrestleMania thirty, which is next month. Um. And then, so I bought it on Monday, and I immediately went on just to see what they had. And the first thing that popped up was an interview with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels that they did a while back, but it must it, I'm sure it's available on DVD somewhere. But it was about an hour and a half show, uh, kind of going over their history and wrestling together and the Montreal screw job that everybody's aware of. Yes. I, I even know what that is. Yes. <laughs> I used to read uh, the column on wrestling on oh, Fanboy oh, Planet when we had one. Yeah. Oh, you, awesome. you can find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris Garcia used to write about you it a lot. used to edit the... I used to edit... Uh, it hurt. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <go ahead. laughs> um, so I watched that for a little while, and then I looked at their archives. They have, on demand, every single pay-per-view since WrestleMania 1 wow. available wow. to watch. You can just load it up and watch it. Wow. Uh, and then all the shows that they, they're going to have live – I'm doing air quotes, but you guys can't see me. They're the going to have shows. live shows. Once the live show airs, then it will be available on demand. Um, they're going to have a Raw pre-show, which I watch part of. What, the problem with the Raw pre-show is that it airs pre-live Raw. So on the West Coast, it's at like 5 o'clock okay. as opposed to before Raw starts on the West Coast. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, the Legends House, the Wrestler House, Big Brother type show starts next month, I believe. <laughs> You're excited. I'm very excited for that one. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, they had a, a History of Wrestling Giants show that w looked older. It had Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> Michael P.S. Hayes, Mean Gene Oakland was the host, Pat Patterson, and J.R. were the panelists. And they talked about their favorite giants in wrestling over the year, which include, obviously, Andre the Giant, mm -hmm. guys like uh, Ernie Ladd from Your Heyday, Derek. Uh, uh, what? Your Heyday in wrestling. <laughs> you know, my, my heyday is more like Haystacks Calhoun. <laughs> I, was gonna say, Calhoun was <laughs> I, was, I was trying to come up with his last name. I can remember his Haystacks. Uh, I did not watch that. I never watched that. All right, all right. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, – I mean, I'm, I've heard rumblings that there was a lot of drops in quality of the video and stuff like that. I didn't experience any of that. I have a hunch that it could have been people that signed up for the free week. Cause they have a oh. free one-week trial. This is why net um, neutrality is so crucial. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think if you pay for it, you're going to get a better product. Because I didn't have any dropouts in the video. I didn't have any freezing. I didn't have any unavailable website once i paid for it it was fine. interesting okay cool well all right i think that about wraps it up for this week so if you are uh listening to us on itunes please feel free to subscribe to rate us and definitely tell your friends because that's how we grow and listen to us on the stitcher app where you can also subscribe and rate us and uh of course find us at www.fanboyplanet.com you can pick it right up from there yes rick I'd like to suggest that listeners realize that we're coming up on our 350th episode. 
which we have to schedule, and we're going to do a special day. We and are. I'd, like, I'd like them to write in with suggestions as to things we should do on that episode. Just Okay, one, they have to be legal. Yes. Okay, and uh, no permanent brain damage as a result of them. No permanent brain damage. Because there are legal things that can be done that would yes. still result in permanent brain damage. But I'd, li- I'd be interested in hearing. You know, All right. We've talked about it. Well, if you'd like to suggest things, I'll tell you what, you can also drop by uh, the website and put in a donation at uh, PayPal to help pay for our hosting. You could also pick up something on Amazon if, of course, your local comic book store does not have what it is you're looking for that we have talked about on this podcast or written about on Fanboy Planet. If you have any other questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, you want to tell us what to do on episode 350, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Still holding open that that contest from, uh, I believe it was last week, which was, tell me what's wrong with Rick. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. <laughs> In the meantime, that's <laughs> ah, right. Chris is another matter. <laughs> yeah, Chris Garcia, totally another matter. Either one. I will take answers to either question. Uh, so, anyway, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'd like to thank our special guest tonight, Richard Von Busack. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. This is fun. It was wonderful to have you. And, of course, our man in Los Angeles. I am Nate Costa, the real shoe pimp on Twitter. And if you are a hiring person in the Manager. Los Angeles area, I am looking for work. Oh, God, yes. And over there, playing with the knobs. And I am Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Oh, no, 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 no. Damn it, damn it, damn it. In fact, uh, I, I have to admit, like this week, uh, I, was, I saw a thing about uh, King Cake Baby. Oh, yes. 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 The new new, uh, new Orleans mascot. Right. right. So I did not know that New Orleans even had a basketball team called the Pelicans. And they have two mascots now. Well, one's for the Mardi Gras season. Right, and right. King Cake Baby, which is disturbing. Oh, uh, they're both disturbing. Have you ever seen the pelican? No. Pelican I'm saying it eats babies. Rick, until this week, I had no idea there was a basketball team called the Pelicans. So, you know, if you had told me that, I would have laughed and said no. Well, if Nate was here, he'd, he'd go on up and he, he, he would join me in going on about how this has been a running theme on At Midnight, the, the whole oh, okay. pelican thing. And Chris Hardwick 
has a voice for the Peloquent. Well, I'm sure. Peloquin. Yeah, but, but King Cake Baby, I guess Cake King Cake is like some kind of brand of of cakes that they've got in New Orleans, and then yeah. they, they bring this like baby. It looks it looks like those terrifying babies that are kind of like standing around in the back of the Joker when he's trying to right. drive Barbara Gordon insane in uh, the Killing Joke. But yeah, exactly. Okay, we're getting a little feedback. Oh, okay. Hearing, hearing a ring. Hang on. Closer to it or what? No, no, it's not you. He's got to adjust the gain a little bit. Ugh. Watching Mel Gibson getting it, getting it where it counts. Eek. That should do it. Yeah, that did it. Oh, I wish he'd been raised a Quaker. That did it. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's probably the greatest quote about Mel Gibson I've ever heard. Oh, thanks. Which quote? I, I wish he'd been raised a Quaker. <laughs> we would have just seen oats all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. They've digitally augmented this uh, so that his, his eyes, his like eyes, kind of glow blue, like some kind of radioactive element. I just wish the wish the Road Warrior series had been so popular they would have taken up all his time. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Road they Warrior are, they, Seventeen out next weekend. They are, well, yeah, they they, re, they it is. They just replaced him with Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I admire the guy's affection for the Three Stooges and, and Bugs Bunny. I'll say that though. Oh sure, yeah. wasn't he attached at one point to the Three Stooges film? Was he? Oh yeah, yeah. He does the Three Stooges bit all the time in *Leave uh, the Weapon*. Lethal yeah, weapon. yeah, yeah. But, yeah, in the *Leave the Weapon* movies, he's always like. You know, but the Farrelly's had tried for so so long to do their Three Stooges. I think *A Labor of Love*. I'm not disappointed by that film. I think it's uh, it's its problem is that it's it looks like television in the sense that it's got all foreground and no background. No, I uh, I rewatched it on TV and it was much more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think they really did work at it, and I, I don't think it was a disgrace. Nope. We didn't ping him ahead of time. No, we did not. We better. Presumably he's home. It's ringing, so it means he's on. Hello, Nate. Hi, guys. Hello Nate. Hello, Nate. Oh, I hear a little echo. We're getting echo. Yeah, I need to go. I don't have my headphones hooked up yet. Okay. That would be why. <laughs> How's it going, fellas? It's yeah, it's good. The whole bar good. can hear you like that. Fantastic. Wonderful. Hi, bar. This is actually what Jabba sounds like when he's not trying to imp- impress people. No, oh, fair enough. Okay, let me hear Nate. I still don't have the headphones hooked up. Nate? You'll be getting a false hearing because my headphones are still... i got to oh, go okay. in the other room. Is he muttering or... Are you not hearing him? I'm hearing him just fine. Well, I'm just not... He's, he was louder before. Nate, he, he got softer because he thought you were yelling at him. I still don't have the headphones on. Ah, that's why. Derek, let's hear you. All right, once again, we are about... Four minutes away from go time on the Fanboy Planet podcast. Richard, let's hear you. Yes, uh, check, 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 check. Check, 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 check. You're number one. I'm trying to bring you up a bit. Okay. Keep going. Check, 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 check. Check, 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 check. Maybe I should lean in a little bit. What did you have for breakfast today? Oh, you know, cereal. I understand. I didn't think I was going to be a stumper. 
Mm. No, it wasn't. I, it wasn't. I, it wasn't. I just, it wasn't I, I, what freeway did you take to get here? Uh, 80 as always. How was 80? Uh, it was, wasn't so bad this morning. It's usually pretty hideous, you know? Okay, good. Yeah. And how about Nate? Uh, Nathan? Nathan. I didn't have breakfast. <laughs> well, what a pity. Well, those headphones are shitty headphones. Oh, wait. There's a small child here. No, I can hear. I can hear pretty good. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> All right. I think he's still, he's working from a distance. He's probably trying to find his headphones. I think so. Mm. We didn't ping him. That's true. We would have Nate yell from the room next door to him and, uh, yeah. You know, the, the guy next door. That's a good recurring bit for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Old man Nate next door. Old man Costa. Let's hear you, Nate. Hello, hello. Talking, talking, talking. This is how I will be talking during the podcast unless uh, something really awesome happens. And I start talking even louder. Okay. I don't know if we'll be uh, getting that awesome once. We'll try. We'll try for that level. Richard, let's hear you again. Uh, awesome check, 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 check. Uh, here I am. Here I am at the Seven Star Bar. Nate, Nate again. Talking, talking. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> I love it when you do different amplitudes for different numbers. <laughs> you are my, you are my sound, sound hey, check. Thank nemesis. you. Thank you. Okay, I think we're good. I'll just dance on the keys when we get started. Consistent level of volume, consistent. That's it, yeah, speak up. How's the weather down there? Uh, it's drizzling. It's, it's raining. How about, how about down south? He's in L.A. That's what I thought. Yeah, I heard it was going to be raining like, like there was nobody's business down there. Has not started raining yet, but is overcast. Mm. Okay. We had uh, rain today. It's probably the heaviest we're going to have of the four days that they're saying we're going to get rain. Yeah. 0.02 inches? Yeah, basically. Yeah, not enough. I mean, I, I usually so, yeah. moan and, and, and whine. Uh, about I thought there was another rain. storm coming in behind it. There is. There is. There's going to be one tomorrow morning. We're going to get four days of rain. Yeah. Yes. But like this, one, this one was predicted to be the strongest. Uh, mm-hmm. That's disappointing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The traditional uh, Northern California February. Yep. Okay, you want to run down? Yes, let me pull up my Evernote. And so I went on briefly to come to the movie stuff, but um, come on up, come on up, come on up. There we go, 226. Uh, I thought we would uh, open with the update from Michael Mantlo about Bill Mantlo, since we had stressed that so heavily last week and and mentioned that they're doing the right thing. Uh, That... uh, talk about some digital stuff but first david finch taking over art on wonder woman um what's he do now oh he's been doing batman uh superman wonder Wonder woman Woman will come out once every five months that's right (laughs) that's it that's right and people will stop noticing her and maybe and maybe if they do that then people will stop complaining that there's no wonder woman movie and complain there's no wonder woman comic book (laughs) uh so talk on it this is this is gold nate don't make me peek too soon um, I'm going to talk about a couple of digital things. Um, the Machine Stops, whose local artist, Mark Renee, who we had reviewed before. The book actually came out this week, uh, available from uh, Comixology, from a company called Alterna Press. I uh, wanted to cover Pirate Eye from Action Lab Entertainment. And picked up a rumor that digital has plateaued. 
and that actual sales are starting to go down. Digital comics. Digital comics, yeah. So it's interesting just kind of talk out there. And then, of course, we play What's in the Bag. Uh, we go to movies. Do they count? Uh, the question would be for me would be, do they count all the digital comics Marvel just gives away? I don't know because they're not. Nobody's nobody really, talks numbers. Nobody talks hard numbers. They're just saying it's going down. Yeah. So and then we go to movies. Talk about Harold Ramis. So nice little you know remembering Harold Ramis. Fun stuff. We can rip, predict, review whatever Oscar we feel like doing. Uh, talking about uh, what Nate complained about earlier this week. Sony promising one Spider Verse movie a year. Yay. Uh, Adam Driver in Star Wars Seven. The thing I'm most excited about: Carl Urban uh, saying, insisting this week that Lionsgate is talking about a Dread sequel. Hmm. Uh, the trailer for Godzilla. And then we can just talk in general about Marvel Cinematic Universe, which can segue to the All Hail the King, and having to go to different stores. Uh, to I get love, the extras on the DVD for Thor The Dark World you want. I love your update to My Shield is Back, and you left it strike through as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and Marvel also held a big press conference this morning to announce that all the Netflix series will be shot in New York City, logically. Heroes Reborn returning, the new companion for Doctor Who, and the villain for Constantine has been uh, has been established, not cast. But uh, Should I know Papa Midnight? That's the big villain in. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's the big one. I haven't read, read Constantine, but he was in the movie too. He was uh, Jamon Holmes who played him in the movie. He, I have, didn't. I've got the movie. I've never watched it. Oh, it was good. The movie's really not that bad. It's yeah. just not it's good. It's just not Hellblazer. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. not John Constantine until the last third. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I love the ending of it. That's what's so frustrating about it. It's like, I didn't like anything they set up, and then it suddenly became, it clicked. And well, it went, as soon as I'm done with Cinequest, I'll put it onto my list of movies. We say that. I, I got to finish Cinequest, too. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. And I forgot to leave off. I haven't had a chance to watch it because I real, I found out my laptop no longer plays Blu-rays. Okay. I, I, I need to get some. I, I spent an hour trying. I tried, and it just keeps going in circles. And I go searching for help, and it says, HP says, oh, there's a common problem. Get this update, which I got, which is still sending me in circles. But anyway, released today on DVD. You know, you can always bring your laptop to me, and I will fix it. I know it frustrates me. I know that, but I still have to. I like to do it for myself, Dad. Okay. Um, uh, well, I'll just stand back and, and I'll whistle whenever you're going wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I got this DVD, this movie starring um, the guy that played Dracula in Blade Trinity. Uh, it was in oh, Stephen Dorff. No, no, that's no, that's the the first one. Uh, Dominic oh, right. Dominic something. Um, Anyway, it's called Ice Soldiers, about three Russian soldiers that are that come out of suspended animation to fight Americans. Uh, and it's a it's a beautiful. Are they in Germany or are they somehow in the U.S.? Wait, does that sound like a certain Peter Cushing film I once? Saw? Uh, it sounds like a lot of movies. It also yeah. sounds like a movie coming out from Marvel in uh, April fourth uh, called The Winter Soldier. <laughs> Or dead so, snow. So they have. Oh, I, no, 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 no. They're not dead. Oh, There's, they're not dead? They're oh. super soldiers. So we're the zombies. Dominic Purcell. Dominic right. Purcell. So they're super soldiers. Sure. And I, love, and I love the press quote on the back. It says, This is the best super soldier movie since oh, nice. Universal Soldier. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Really? Wait, it's, there's it's, a marketing like, guy that needs to be fired. It, it must be like a harder day for, you know, a harder dollar for asi- the asylum every every year. Is all it's, but it's not with. an asylum movie, which yeah. is what I, you know. It's was, not that didn't mockbuster there, but, you know. Yeah, I, I sat through the asylums, uh, or I sat through 10 minutes of their Thor. Ooh. 
Yeah, that was that. It was that painful. Yeah, no, I didn't. Wow. I, didn't I didn't see it. I think he. I, I saw a little bit of the Spring Heel Jack one, and Ooh, was thinking, that sounds you know, interesting. I haven't seen that. Well, I was just thinking, you know, you really in an ideal universe, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes is going to be taller than Doctor Watson, and and the guy they had to cast as Doctor nice. Watson was kind of like like towering over Sherlock. And I thought, oh, it's, so that that was kind of a deal well. Breaker. Is is. Uh, Downey Jr. taller than I was going to say that. Then, I think, um, well, I don't know if in real life, but they they certainly pose him as if he were. I don't, no, I don't I, think I've he never, is. I've never seen him in real life. I don't. I don't know how tall well, how tall he is. Yeah, he's so. Downey Jr. is not a tall man. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's he's not not a tall man the way uh, that actor they got to play Jack Reacher is. But mm. uh, he's not not a tall which man. I, which he's I'm looking not at not right tall now man. because the screen's like showing uh, Mission Impossible oh, yeah. three with it. Late great, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman doing his Bond villain, which I just, yes. just love. So that was much. really good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just this big ogre in a tuxedo. And Tom. Yeah. And, yeah, well, he gets in the way. What can you do? Most exciting thing on that screen is the advertisement for Walking Dead in the corner. Oh, that's not true. Michelle Monaghan's in there right now. Not now. There she is now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Michelle Monaghan's just, she, she couldn't be sweeter if she was made out of hot fudge. Okay, Nate, have you got your headset yet? Yeah. Okay. That's what all the testing was. Good. Are we ready to go? We are. We've gone over it. I think, Nate. Yes. When I point to you, in three, two, one. Oh, listen up, fanboys! It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here is your host. Playing with the knobs. And I am Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use use your powers powers only for good. good. (laughs) Hey, Nate. Hey, guys. I just got a comment on my Facebook. Really? Uh, (laughs) Somebody's listening already? Random, but do some of the guys record the podcast at Seven Stars Bar in San Jose? (laughs) (laughs) And we say yes. There were actually it's not random at all, Marco. That's exactly where we typically record. <laughs> there were a couple of guys who were sitting over watching us. They didn't get really close, but like, yeah, yeah. Marco, can you describe him? Marco is a Filipino gentleman. Okay. Mm, I don't know. Well, they've they've probably left by now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think yeah. there's only two people left in the place besides yeah. us. And actually, I'm going to be cutting out myself. So yes. So you gotta go back up uh, up the hill. We say to you, Nate, good night and thank you. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice meeting you. This will be in all this mess next week. So. Yeah, oh yeah. This will be. We'll post this Friday. Excellent. Great. It'll be completely fine. Okay, we'll see you later, guys. Bye bye. All right. How's the job search going? Oh, it's going. Yeah? Yeah. Yes, he was just there eating and listened to some of the topics, heard the podcast name, and then yours and said, wait a minute, ha ha. I don't know what that means. He heard your voice. Ah. Cool. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm looking for work still. That's how it's going. Um, so yes, Derek, next time you're, uh, down barrels. All right. 
Let's do this. All right. Not sure when I'm going, but uh, Farrell's. That's is... okay. All right. I'll take Farrell's on the count because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was good ice cream. I don't care what Richard says. It was good. <laughs> we'll get the uh, trough. We'll oh, be God. Ziggy Piggies. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Ziggy Piggies. Ziggy Piggies. Ziggy, Ziggy Piggies. All right. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. Good night. Night, guy. Bye. Ziggy Pig, the single greatest ice cream spectacle known to man. Eat the pig, eat the pig. Ziggy, 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 ziggy. Zig. It's ice cream. You eat it. Good. La glace. Whatever, just eat it. Mm. <laughs> oh, behold, he ate the pig, thus proving that he's they Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs>